to like show me yeah. what it looks like because I don't know. So yeah. I could go first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with this, we say our fullest name, which is our first, middle, and last name if we have a middle name. Not everyone does. So uh, my name is Emily Francesca Ching Wells. Nice. What? And That's amazing. Francesca thank you. Ching. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. See, I'm even like disconnected <laughs> within my own culture that I can't pronounce words correctly. But I have a German middle name and I have a Vietnamese middle name. And um, which is what my two, where my parents come from. My mom is Vietnamese. My dad is German. So they gave me that name. I think Emily was a compromise uh, before Elizabeth, which was too Mm. hoity-toity or Mm. old-fashioned, as Mm. my father said. So Emily, which the meaning behind that is industrious. Ooh. Francesca wow. means free or freedom, I believe. Uh, Ching means warrior. And it's spelled Ooh. like uh, how the French spell dog. So it's kind of a weird thing. Well, <laughs> warrior, dog. As well. warrior dog. Warrior <laughs> dog. Um, wow. And then Wells is the town that my, my grandpa came from. Mm. Maximilian Wells is his name, which is a very cool name. Sweet. And f- as for nicknames, we can also talk about that as well. Like I go by M or Emmy mm-hmm. and I haven't really considered to change my name. Mm. Some people say I should go by my middle name, Francesca. It's just sassier. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, some people gave me the middle name Jasmine when I was in junior high for some reason. So that was my <laughs> Just arbitrarily? Ego. Yeah. They're like Jasmine, Emily, Jasmine Wells or something. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, then I had like, you know, so it's funny in that sense. And... Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just trying to think what else. It's just your your origin story um, and what your name means to you. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my gender pronouns, she and her, which is always good to, to get out of the way. Even cool. if it's obvious, it may not be obvious. That's true. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Great. Thanks. Yeah, for leading that. Fantastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take the next reign because uh. I want the focus to be on you. Oh, afterwards. really? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Um, I, I don't I don't know what I have to like break down, but I guess my full name is Gerardo Jose Ramos. Mm-hmm. Jose being an extremely Spanish. I guessed it was name. Jose. Really? really? Did you actually? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should. <laughs> On nice. set. And, oh, uh, that's you were like, right. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, no, yeah. So I looked into what my name means, and mm, I don't know if there's like. Um, a reason why uh, my mom gave me Jose as my middle name. I never like liked it. Kind of like what does it mean? Away. What does Jose mean? I'm not sure what Jose means, but I like looked up what Gerardo and I think Ramos means. Um, so Gerard, uh, like derivative without the O, mm-hmm. um, means strength of the spear. Mm. It's like I think English. And I don't know what that is to imply about me and my personality. English. Oh, like like UK? Yeah, okay. like UK English. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, strength of the spear. And then Ramos is Spanish. Um, pretty much means branches. Ooh. So, yeah. Oh, and Jose. <laughs> oh, wow. That's an incredible meaning. Ooh. Um, it means God will increase. <gasps> wow. God will increase? That is wild. Yeah. Whoa. It's insane. So I'm strength of the spear. Yeah. God will increase branches. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, and you could make trippy. a spear out of branches. Oh. It's like you take the spear Whoa. off of the branch and then God increases the power. Oh, God. And then that's you crazy. wield it. And I'm meant to be thrown. 
You're meant to be thrown. Thrust into another human being to take his life. <laughs> Something along those lines. You guys war. both have war, like war themes. We're warriors. Warriors yeah. of peace. <laughs> okay, right. I like that. Whoa. Yeah. There's the name. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, soldiers of love. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. I do too. I love that. It's so good. Soldiers of love. Um, yeah, so that's enough about my own. And uh, now for you. Okay, so my name is Kelsey Nicole McMillan. Kelsey means, it can either mean the ship's victory. So, um, also war. Also war. Oh, wow. But the more common meaning is fierce island. Fierce island? Yes. Whoa. So, yes. Huh. I That's cool. Kelsey. Let that hmm. get a little. And Nicole, I have no idea. I didn't look it up because, I don't know. It's not very interesting. <laughs> do, you like, do you like the middle name Nicole? Not really. I think that it's because. surprises me. You don't seem like a Nicole. Nicole. No. Nicole. It's yeah, very, I, I just feel like it's very, I don't want to use this word, but it's very basic. Ooh. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry. to all the Nicole. I think it's because there was girls that I didn't like in junior high that were named Nicole. Okay. That's fair. I hope they never watch this. They probably are. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, my, okay, my last name is McMillan, which means, so Mick means son of, mm. and Millen means a bald-headed man. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> But specifically, it means um, a bald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. It means a bald-headed religious man. So it means oh, like wow. son, like son of a monk, is like wow. the. So yeah, it's like son of you know those like Scottish monks that have the ring of hair around their heads and the right. top is bald. Yeah. You do? You, are you familiar? With this? Yes, 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 for sure. I think there's a musician that cuts his hair like that. Oh really? Really? Yeah, it seems. That's a look. It's a real look. But yeah, that's what I mean. But you have uh, divinity and uh, warrior culture mm. in your name as well. Right. What, what's going on here? That's true. Divinity is nice. Yes. Divinity. And Do you feel tied to that in any way? To, div- to divinity? Yeah, in any form. Wow. Um, sure. Let's yeah. go, just go right into it. <laughs> Do you believe in God? <laughs> that's not what I asked. I, yes. Those are triggering questions. Very right. intense <laughs> questions. I have to go home. <laughs> oh, and Nicole means victory. By really? The way. Whoa, wow. so, okay, that's nice. Victory of the people. Really? That's what the, that's what Nicole means? Yes. Wow, it doesn't sound like it means that. Sure, yeah. It sounds like it means bully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, okay. Um, do I feel tied to divinity? Yeah. Okay, um, sure. I feel like... I feel like tied to something larger than myself, especially when I'm making things. I feel like a lot of artists can relate to creating kind of a flow state and like having things sort of come through you as you're working, mm. if you can get out of your own way. So I, re- I mean, I relate to divinity in that sense, if divinity is something that surpasses you and is larger than you. That's cool. Do you have a moment that you can like share about like when you felt that oh. when you're creating something? I think I feel it when I forget myself, like when I'm, when I'm so outwardly focused that I can, whether like if I'm taking a photo of somebody and I'm really focused on them and who they are and I forget myself, then I can kind of feel that come through me because I don't feel like an individual anymore. I feel like something, I feel the connection more than I feel my own individuality. Got you. Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. But I mean, sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes Sometimes it's work, right? Well, sometimes, sometimes sometimes you get in your own way. I I would say. Yeah. It's, both parties are involved too because right. if someone has a wall oh, yeah. you can try really hard to to um you know get them to open but at the end there is a little bit of both sides for sure right mm. 
Yes. I guess, should we say like what we are as like... Yeah, that's actually what I wanted to ask is okay. maybe we'd use like a little I intro love- of what... <laughs> First question, yes. what's... How- <laughs> we were supposed to do an intro actually. It got us there. Wait, yeah. didn't we do that? We kind of didn't, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, let's do it now. Okay, let's <laughs> do it now. Okay. We do things our own way. Exactly, who cares? <laughs> um, great, I'll look oh. into this camera and do it. Talk to the listeners. And the listeners, yeah. To the listeners out there. Okay, so welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for joining our podcast, where we look at uh, creatives and their process and what it means to them and dig into their experience a bit. Uh, My name is Gerardo Ramos. I'm joined by my wonderful host, Emily Wells. And today we have our dear friend, Kelsey McMillan. Kelsey Nicole McMillan. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I want maybe like, let's do like a little bit of like an intro of you and your artwork i know that's like pretty broad and like like if someone were to look at you and say okay she's this type of artist what type of artist are you okay this question gives me an existential crisis then we started right off the bat perfectly um so i i don't really have a primary art form i like to bounce between different things um professionally i would say i do a lot of photography um i do a lot of design work which i know is not necessarily art but that's we could talk about that it is totally that's like i feel like it's very close to the functional end of art so i do that i also do um i I do some painting i do some writing um i i like to play music but that's kind of that's like my most secretive like just for me art form nice um so yeah i think I, I think the phase that I'm in right now is sort of exploring different mediums and figuring out what resonates with me, but I have a very hard time committing to one thing. Okay. Do you want to hear what we think? What kind of artist you are? Oh, yes. I sure. I kind of want Emily to go first. Okay. <laughs> You're just putting me on the spot here. And who do you think? Who do you think I am? <laughs> I think you are an art angel. Oh, wow. Ooh. With art angels. <laughs> so many brilliant contradictions Ooh. and multifaceted complex skills um and no i, I see you as definitely a, a visual artist because i haven't actually seen you sing before which i would like to today mm. tonight Ooh, maybe, oh, wow. maybe by the end of the night yeah once we get through the prosecco. and mm. i see you as a very kind of just an open human that is very warm mm-hmm. And with her warmth, I think that's a, an important trait as an artist, mm. mm-hmm. as a person who is documenting a human experience, which you do taking portraits. It's important to have that warmth, which you radiate always. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I do think when you said, you know, we had to choose a path, it's, mm-hmm. it's a scary thing. I think we can talk about that, like yeah especially in this day where we're we're given so many choices and you can find content on the web like do we have to choose and Mm. if you had like if you had to like select from your first second third option i wonder Mm. how that pyramid would look like at least right now in your point of in your point of life right now Mm. nice yeah that's a that was like a beautiful answer to yeah. who you think she is. Oh, thank you. You're beautiful. I, You're beautiful. <laughs> I uh, I can't match that at all. Um, I love that we're starting out with like just like 
give me <laughs> <laughs> yeah compliment showers shower me with attention we're, is it so we're hot? building you up yeah. we're right. building you up so that's that good. later on so that i can give it back to you no no no. so that we can just bring you down oh. <laughs> and so that we can unpack everything you got so no. it's a process we're <laughs> building her up so she feels comfortable right totally and to reveal totally. her deepest darkest secrets. <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah um i i think you know like my experience of meeting you was through a camera store and it was through photography. So that's the lens I always saw you through. Um, in seeing your own artwork outside of that, I could see that, yes, it was, you're so much more multifaceted. You had ways of expressing yourself that were uniquely yours, but consistent throughout these mediums. And uh, yeah, uh, I was I was really impressed because most people just want to try to be a photographer to gain a buck or to gain popular or something surface like that. But it felt like it was part of your toolkit, mm -hmm. so to speak. So mm -hmm. I, I've always seen you as a photographer, but I knew that that was one facet of this beautiful closet of amazing talents you had uh, as an artist. So I, um, I remember I asked you if you felt like you're an artist mm -hmm. and it kind of was like a very hard thing to question and digest what did i say i don't recall exactly but i mean i'd love to explore that okay. a bit more i i think if i can just end on this saying yes i see you as an artist and you too emily but we'll get to you in a second <laughs> <laughs> this is about kelsey <laughs> the time, the time is coming. <laughs> um i see you as an artist and to me what that defines what, what that's defined as is someone that creates to connect something beyond themselves mm. and usually that's tied to helping others, whether that's seeing what they look like in a portrait, you know, portraying them a certain way or helping them express something like in a, in a logo, as you are mentioning, you know, digital creative work you do. So mm -hmm. that that's what an artist is to me, to connect to this ether beyond our current daily lives, mm -hmm. but distill it down in this beautiful little moment. That's about all. That's lovely. Yeah. So yeah, do you feel like you're an artist? Um, I guess so. I guess I do. I now I remember when you asked me this question last time. Actually, mm. um, I do, but I try not to think about it because that's interesting. Why? Why do you shun away from it? Because I find, and I, th I mean, this ties into language as well, and sort of the the, the way that language puts things into a box, mm. and so you take, I mean, you take a human being, an entire person, who is, every single person is so expansive and so uh, complex and nuanced. And then to put a label on that, even if it's the label of artist, I mean, whether it's a positive label or a negative label, it's still limiting. So mm. when I think of artist, I, I have like the highest regard for that word. And I look at people who I really respect and admire and people who have made me th feel things through their art and if I suddenly have to live up to that while I'm making something, I feel like that it can be quite crippling or paralyzing. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I th it, I'm fine if other people want to call me that, but I, I don't like lead with that and I don't conceptualize myself that way. Interesting. Because I feel like it's kind of a loaded word for me personally. So I your, try to stay away from it. In your presentation of like, um... I'm a person who can take portraits or mm -hmm. provide digital media. How do you 
present yourself then either online or through any other ways? Like, is it, I'm an artist that can do these things or is it, I'm something else that can do these things? Right. I struggle with this. You know, actually what flashed into my mind is when you have like an Instagram business account and you get to decide what the little thing is. (laughs) Wait, what is that? It's like, if you have a business account, you can decide what the little subcategory is. So you could put like visual arts or you could put photographer or you could just put artist. Yeah, yeah. And like literally I stared at this list and I'm like, what am I? What am I? I don't (laughs) know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... The way that I, I see myself as a visual communicator professionally, nice. so I help people, uh, I mean, especially with the design side of things, I help people take something that's like messy and confusing and chaotic and organize it into a visual communication that uh, makes sense for other people to understand, like mm-hmm. connecting them with their audience through visual mediums. But I don't know, I mean, I don't know that that's artistic necessarily because that's not expressive. Not? It's almost like... It's almost like secondhand artistic because I'm helping them be an artist, but I'm not expressing my own sort of uh, core or my own essence mm. through them because that, mm. as a designer, you want to take yourself out of the equation. Could it not be a, a collaborative art form? Yeah. Right? Like, is it, is it then not still some sort of art? It, it could be. It certainly could be. I'm not not saying that it is. Of course. Because sometimes when a client reaches out to you, they may be seeing past work of yours that they're like, I like this person because they use a lot of color Mm -hmm. or they have a certain look. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have a certain look or or are you still? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. But I'm sure that there, if I looked back, there would be some themes for sure. Um, Yeah, I think there would be like thematic elements, but I really love exploring and I feel like whenever I start, whenever I'm like, okay, this is my style, I almost immediately get kind of bored of it and I want to, I almost want to rebel against my own style. So, but I do think, yeah, I do. (laughs) I do think that when like people will hire me for different reasons, they might like a lot of people will like go on social media and then hire me because they like my perspective or maybe they'll hire me because um yeah their friend used me and it turned out good like yeah so i don't know if it's always a thematic thing or a style it really depends on the person and a question i think for audience members always is as an artist how do you get hired <laughs> or how has that journey been towards getting hired if you can talk about your first experience getting hired or putting yourself out there yeah good yeah yeah we want okay we want to go here are we going yes. here? Let's I go think here absolutely i this love is this a question people yeah we <laughs> yeah. don't have to stay because here but yeah i think it's undeniably, so undeniably we do live for sure i, I honestly you just always want to know like you know when people ask each other how much do you charge for this yeah, right how much do you do this for it's part of the root of that it's like how do you monetize this thing you think is art yes and is a distillation of yourself right so yeah i I'd love to know. Okay. What did you charge? What, what, what did you do? I what did you draw? Five dollars. <laughs> I <laughs> everything. heard a story. Can I tell a yes, story? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because um, I heard that you or a company asked you to shoot for them. Yeah. And so you provided them with a quote. Yeah. Can I say this publicly? Yeah. And then they were like, who does this girl think she is? A queen? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Right. Because <laughs> yes. I guess you knew your worth. And they were not prepared. You know what's funny about that? So 
I think, I mean, I'm not going to reveal who this person was, who this company was. Go ahead, do it. But no, (laughs) throw them under the bus. We'll hashtag them in the comment section. Put their Instagram. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Um, So what, yeah. So what happened with that is that, so it was a restaurant. He wants the, he wants the wine. Continue. Yeah, go ahead. Um, It was a restaurant. (laughs) It was a restaurant. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, It was a restaurant. And if you're going to do photos for a restaurant, lower your fucking prices because they don't, yes. Sorry, is this food? Is this just their building? Oh, this is, so, okay, this is where the confusion was because I thought I was taking photos. My contact Mm -hmm. told me that I was taking photos of the menu for the menu, for the menu. So I thought, these are photos that are going to be printed into a menu. These are the photos of different like food items and drinks and stuff that are going to be printed into the menu. So I charge accordingly to that. Because if you're going to get if something's going to be printed, if the client is investing in printing something, they can invest in good photography because it's mm. a it's a high risk for them. They don't yeah. want to reprint it. However, these were simply for social media apparently. Mm. So I quoted, yes, I quoted high for social media photos, but. You know what? It wasn't that much money. <laughs> yeah, good. Can we say numbers? Oh. Oh. Yeah. That, if you feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable, I mean, actually, because. Yeah. I, I, think I, tra- I think I was charging them for like a, a full day of photography. So it would have been eight hours. And I think I was charging them. This was a while ago. So I think I was charging them like $1,200 for the photos. And that would, I think, and then maybe editing on top of that. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't insane, but that it doesn't seem unreasonable. It all depends it on seem. it depends on what their expectation is as well, yeah. right? It's hard, I feel, as a photographer, because there's so much competition. Yes, and there are people willing to do it for less. For less, yes. So, right. never. I mean, my policy now, and I did not always stick to this, is never offer a discount, because the amount of times that I have quoted somebody a number and they said it's too expensive for me, can you give me a discount? And I said no. And then they still said, you know what? I still want to do it. Mm. The amount of times that that has happened is, it's a lot. And I think wow. that you, I think that you get, you like gain a little bit of respect from the client when you do that. Yeah. So, but that means you have to quote appropriately because otherwise you're going to never get a job. So you have to just like kind of nail it with the first quote. But um, yeah, maybe I could talk about my history into getting paid yeah, uh, let's let's, let's pause there. Okay. Let's pause. pause. I I want to know just about you. Okay. Yeah. I want to go back to your childhood. Oh wow. To when you started drawing on things and said, "Oh, this is connecting with me on a different level." I want to go back to when you were just by yourself creating. Okay. I like that you know that I was by myself because we'll I come was. Back to it later. I think I think I assume I think yeah. everyone is right. I whoa. I, I guess know. so. I think so. I guess so. Hey. Okay. Oh, sorry, but let's let's dive okay, in. Okay, so um, I grew up out in the country, out where? It, uh, south of Spruce Grove. If we we know need it. a story of how you came into this world. How okay. do you imagine, like, from your conception of like entering into this world? Whoa, like spiritually or like mechanically? Both. <laughs> 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 Maybe they're linked. I mean, I don't. I was, I'm the first child of my okay. family. Yeah. Um, yes, my parents both grew up in Alberta. Um, yeah, I, I was born in Calgary and then my, my parents are both entrepreneurs and they, um, bought a small business in Edmonton 
So we moved to Edmonton when I was about 11, uh, out into the country. So I was like a city kid until the age of 11 or so. Um, yeah, and I always, I mean, as a kid, I was always drawing and later taking pictures. So when I was maybe 13, my dad gave me his old Canon AE-1 film camera. And I would like, I loved nature, like as a, as like a country kid, it's not like it is, it's not like it is now, I think. I mean, I, like I was given free reign to just kind of do whatever, like just go, like go down to the river and stay there until like the sunset and then find my way back in the dark. And my nice. mom was like, cool, like you're alive. That's sweet. It was yeah. very, like very hands off. <laughs> right. Um, and I would spend a lot of that time just sort of in like a daydream state i feel like you were probably a very daydreamy you guys were probably both a very daydreamy child as well maybe we'll get to that okay continue. okay <laughs> i feel that i feel that um so yeah i would just kind of explore nature and um like make little drawings and when i got my little camera i would like take photos of my dog and my cat and mm. just like anything um actually recently i found this little roll of film i just found a roll of film like in my apartment just kind of strewn mm. about and there's no date on it or anything, but I went and got it developed. And it was the first roll of film that I had ever shot as a oh, human. Wow. Like the first photos I had ever taken. How remarkable. Yeah. Wow. And I was 13 when I took them. Nice. And they're so cute. They're like, <laughs> it's like a picture of my dog, a picture of my mom, like just the things that were important to me yeah. at the time. Interesting. You know? Because you're not thinking... You're not thinking about like no. how Actually, we always take photos of pictures that right. are important to us. Right. Right. That's, yeah, that's so true. I just feel like now, like now when I take out my camera and I like see my dog and I go to take a picture of my dog, sometimes I'm like, really? Like you're going to take a picture of your dog right now? Like <laughs> how trite. But when you're a kid, you don't right. do that. You're just like, yeah, here's my little puppy. Take a picture of him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I did that. And yeah, I shot with that camera for years and years. And then I went to, when I moved into the city, when I was 18, I went to Grant McEwen, which is, um, the they have a design program there. Um, yeah, so it was, it was like the Orange Campus on the West End. They had all the arts sort of sectioned into one campus. And I took, I went into design not knowing what it was. I just knew that it was artistic and, um, yeah, it was between that and the writing program. So I had to kind of choose and based on zero knowledge because when you're 18, you don't really know. So yeah, I went into the design program. I initially was going to go into illustration because I wanted to get better at drawing. And when I was in my first year, I had to take a foundation photography class. And my one of my professors, the professor who was teaching the photography class, um, really liked my work and he was like, He's like, oh, you should just like switch into the photography major. And I didn't know anything. So that's all it took for me to be like, okay, mm, <laughs> I guess nice. this is how, I guess this is what I should do. So mm. then I did that for two years. Um, and then after that, I worked at Henry Singer, which is like a clothing, men's clothing company. And I did design and photography for them. And I didn't find it um, fulfilling near the end because it wasn't very challenging. Mm. So I was getting kind of freelance clients on the side. All of them were referrals through school still. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I just saved up enough money and quit after, I think, a couple of years of working there. And then I've been freelancing since then. Wow. Yes. Amazing. There's my life tale. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's an incredible journey to, like, 
to get to a point where you could say, I'm going to do this just right. full-time, freelance full-time. Yes. That's scary. Were you, were you scared when you made that Oh, decision? definitely. I, wow. It's funny because I, I wanted to do it for a little while. Um, and not that it was a bad place to work. Like, it was really, really wonderful. It's just that uh, it wasn't right for, for me because I wasn't, it wasn't, like, creatively fulfilling, as creatively fulfilling as it could be. Okay. So... Yeah, I actually, um, I went traveling. I went to um, Paris and Iceland. And then wow. on that trip, on that trip, I was like imagining going back to my like fluorescently lit cubicle office. And I was like, there's no way that I could do that. Like I could just feel my heart like shutting down from that idea. Interesting. So yeah, when I got back, I gave my notice. So it wasn't like bravery or anything that like made me go off into the freelance world. It was just discomfort with where I was at. Mm. that propelled me into the abyss and bravery you are so humble oh wow thank mm. you <laughs> sure yeah i mean that takes a lot of courage uh, i personally haven't like I, I was dabbling in freelance for a bit but i couldn't ever go full-hearted into it it just felt like it was maybe something i didn't want to do full-time but right. yeah i mean that takes a huge amount of bravery to just go and do it thank you <laughs> and to succeed because right. I tried for mm. like six months and then I was like, I can't sustain this. So right. I did get a job at a nonprofit that I find fulfilling. Mm -hmm. It does take up a lot of work though. Mm -hmm. And I also feel there is a lot for me to learn in regards to maybe going back to school mm. because I am not professionally trained in photography it's all through experience. What is your what is your perspective on self-taught photographers mm. and then photographers who have gone to school? That's a good question. Nice. And yeah. what you learned, what what are some valuable skills you think oh, you learned man. from that program? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm excited about this question. Um, the main skill that you learn in school, in for my from my experience at least for, in the design program, is the ability to uh, put so. Imagine you have a project, right? You put your heart and soul into this project. You put everything you have into it. You try your best. You spend weeks on this project. And then you take, you print out your photos or your design or whatever. You put them up on the wall in front of your entire class, including your professor. And every single person in that room takes turns ripping it to shreds. Like absolutely ripping it to shreds. That's right. beautiful. In front that's beautiful. <laughs> no, that, that's so valuable. But yeah, it's I, so like, valuable. Continue, yeah. Because... You don't like you just stop being precious about your work. And I think I think that this is very much a design mentality. And it, I don't know how much it crosses over into art, like whatever. The, I don't know what this sort of uh, delineation is there, but it makes you realize that uh, you like just because you think something is good doesn't mean that it translates, especially with design, because there is a goal that's sort of the difference between design and art I think is that with design you had a clear outcome or a clear desired outcome like if I design a poster it has to communicate something to somebody it has to successfully get that message across and if it doesn't get that message across it has failed so it's a little bit easier I think to critique design or okay. like commercial photography maybe um, but I still think that the skill of like distancing yourself from your work is really helpful because when you first go in there, when you first like go into the critique room, and this is like almost every day, by the way, that you're getting critiqued. Um, when you first go in there, most people that go into the design program are like, 
they want to be an artist, but maybe this is just me. They want to be an artist, but they also want to make money. So it seems like a good kind of happy medium. So you go into this program with like your little like innocent artist spirit and you're like, I want to make things that look cute and like look good and like express myself. And then they shit on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the amount of people that cried and crit is off the Whoa, chain. Oh, really? For sure. Do you have sure. a story of that? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> no, it's just exactly what you would imagine. Okay, yeah. It's like everybody, it's like you can just watch the body language of the person who is getting the criticism and you know you know that they've associated themselves with that piece of work. So they feel like you're attacking cool. them on a fundamental Whoa. level. So eventually you learn to sort of like, like cut the umbilical cord between you and your work so that it doesn't hurt as much when yeah. people tear it to shreds. And then I think that's helpful. I think it's just helpful as an artist too, because mm. it's almost like the way that I started to conceptualize it is like once I've like birthed it, it's not mine anymore. It just lives in the world. Interesting. That's, I think you would be a great mother. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not yours <laughs> Too anymore. many parents right. take on their right. wishes of how they want their their masterpiece or their child to turn mm. out. And then they end up taking everything, every action that their child does becomes like a personal attack right. against them. Well, yeah. <sighs> wow. Um, I, I love that. Can we, can we stay there for a second? I love that about like feeling personally attacked. Because I know, reflecting a lot of my own work and when I got criticism like that, mm-hmm. it was very much like, oh, I'm not good enough. Right. That, I'm not yes. worthy of doing right. this. Uh, so that what, comes up so much. Th- does that still plague you? How do you, yeah. how do you come, up, come up against that and work through it? Oh my God. It's like the main thing I come up against. Yeah? Yeah. Worthiness. Like, what's, what's the last time you felt that? Today? Like wow. probably in this conversation, <laughs> for sure. Like how many times, how many times a day do you judge yourself for what you for anything that you're outputting? Mm-hmm. And I include conversation in that too because it's a creative output. Interesting. Where you just you just have a little flash of like that was stupid, that right, sounded weird. Right. Okay. Or like, but it can, you can amp that up all the way to like. There's been times when I've tried to do like a painting, for example, and every single brushstroke is like self-loathing, just like hmm. manifested. Just hmm. and it's weird, like you can kind of pay attention to that voice. And this is what I try to do in anything that I'm doing artistically is like, like ground myself in the experience. Sorry, am I not close enough to this? Yeah, stay close, like an inch okay. away. That's okay. good, yeah. Ground myself in the experience and then let the thoughts kind of come as I'm working and try to observe them in that same kind of impersonal way. So, and then when you do that, it's like, it's almost it's like scary. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys have experience with this, but mm. like just, and who knows where these voices are really coming from because they're, they're sort of disembodied, right. but you know, you could be working on something and the voice is like, like, who do you think you are? Like, really, you're going to do this or you're not good enough or uh, something that comes up for me a lot is like, oh, you should have practiced more because you don't know what you're doing. Us right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> me, I'm like, I should have rehearsed my questions. Right. As, if, yeah, as yeah. if everything that you do is not practice, as if this is not practice. Right, right. right? It's like, like everything is a performance to yourself. That's not true, but it feels like that sometimes. Yeah. Like we always have to be on our A game. So, yeah, I feel like art is really good for uh, kind of sussing out worthiness issues mm-hmm. because, I mean, I yeah, I think... I look at people who I've known people in my life who are not artists. And when you ask them to create something, even if it's something as simple as writing their name or um, like singing a little tune, 
they just can't, they won't do it. They can't do it. It's mm-hmm. too because it's too uh, triggering. Mm. Like that voice gets activated. So mm. I like to make things so that I can activate that voice and then be like, I'm rebelling against this voice. I'm I'm still going to do it anyways and sort of disprove it. But yeah, I I feel like this is the main thing that I think about in art. Yeah, I I. I feel like compelled to share this um, in my own like cinematography career, if you can say that. Um, I had a moment where I was shooting a thesis film for a friend um, up in like northern Ontario in a lake. And it was just us there, um, like a secluded property, and we would shoot just there. Um, And I was like pretty much like a one man band. We had a few helpers, but. I was out there on a particular scene and it was just uh, the two lead actors and they were supposed to be nude. So it was a little more like, you know, intimate, a little private, a little odd. I'd never done that before. And as I was filming them, in the moment I couldn't like sense this like, oh, this is becoming something unique and something mm. beautiful. But I kind of like progressively felt like as we watched the thing back, I was like, oh, this is like, this is taking a, like a life. Like, I, I don't feel like I planned it to look like this. It feels kind of, um, I don't know what you would say, like uh, a little surreal, mm-hmm. a little like, you know, it was unplanned, but it's still like this beautiful creation. And I remember this one moment, I actually like, it felt like it over, almost like overtook me. We were looking back and I was holding the camera against my body and they were like looking over me and I was just like playing it back my body just started shutting down and I had like, I had actually been like just pushing myself to the brink. Like Mm. we were shooting every day, sleeping, like not a lot and just constantly going. So this was like midway through all of that. And I just felt like I'd never, I'd never fainted. I never had that happen. And like my body just like shut down. And I remember going down to like the ground and just like hunching over the camera. And I was just like, (laughs) that's just like a mess. Right. And then I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't feel anything. It was just dark for like, like, I don't know how long, but I could slowly, after a while, hear their voices be like, Gerardo, are you okay? Are you okay? And then that started creeping in, coming in. And I'm like, come, you know, moving and starting to come to life, feeling my limbs again. And as I like wake up, I just feel this like, it was it's so weird to say it this way, but I felt like a, a bit of like a baptism right. into like that process of like letting something work through you. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't really understand it. I was just like, oh, this is something bigger than me that just mm-hmm. happened. And we looked back at the footage again and I was like, not that I don't remember taking that. I was just like, I didn't frame it that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, I almost felt like it was too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a wild moment where I felt this kind of, it, I felt all of these insecurities that I'd once had about, oh, I don't know if I'm even good at filmmaking. Should I even be holding a camera? Just be like, hey, you're a vessel. Like, open up to what this is right now mm-hmm. and it'll be beautiful. Right. You know? I love that. I just, I don't know why I had to share that. But I don't know, that like, makes sense to know. me. That's, yeah. yeah. And I think that could lead to Kelsey talking about if she's had a similar experience or maybe mm-hmm. a turning point for you or I'm not sure if it was before you mm-hmm. went into the design program or while you were in the photography program or while you worked with someone um, that you felt like oh i i could do this never mm. never <laughs> well i mean i'd really like i to haven't s- had an intense story but no I li- cool, you haven't Gerardo's i love story is intense yeah oh that, okay i like that because it's it's like 
I mean, you kind of got that experience all at once sure. of like an op- like an opening. And I that's something I think about a lot too, is like, uh, I think I said before, like getting out of your own way. And to me, like, I almost conceptualize it as like a child and a parent sort of relationship. Mm. And the child at like, you know, you want to ask about my childhood because we all associate the child with creativity and freedom and liberation and mm. like a lack of like top down control. And so I kind of see, I, I, yeah, I kind of see this child as something that's trying to get out. And maybe the child is like original, like divinity, like it's original creativity. You know, it's sort of like a pure source. Um, and then as we get older, we get kind of conditioned and um, like the voices of our parents and people that we respect, like get into our subconscious and tell us that we can't do things or we develop concepts about what good and bad means and then we hold ourselves to these different standards that we've created um so i feel like another thing i work on is removing a lot of those blocks where i can so that like you're saying something can move through me because i don't feel like i don't feel like it's a matter of striving to become something incredible i feel like it's a matter of recognizing that you're already there and that Mm. there are things that (laughs) 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 there are things that like block you from seeing the truth of what you really are and that's kind of i feel like that's that's kind of what you're talking about you're just like whoa like something's moving through me and i can surrender i don't have to like we think that when we judge and control and like stipulate that our work is going to be better but usually Mm -hmm. it just restricts everything and like that resistance makes work that is fearful and pandering and like seeking approval and nobody resonates with that necessarily. I love what you just said, especially with that, like children being like a natural divinity almost. Mm. And then as we grow older, there's like a fog or a haze that we, Mm. that increasingly like, covers our vision and the kind of playfulness of a child is so important and also the hypnotizing effect of children right because a child can draw something and hopefully if they're not like in an abusive or neglected um position their parents will be like wow and you know everything is exciting there's Mm -hmm. that awe that everything is new and fascinating right Mm -hmm. and then we do lose that, but I think as an artist, you you try. You're trying to continually keep that. Yeah, um, yeah. You're trying to like. That's why I respect artists because you're. I mean, there's been a lot of times in my life where I've felt that restrictive force, and then I've shied away from whatever I'm doing because uh, I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough to do this, so I'm just going to back off. But I think as an artist, you're like part of being on the path is pushing through that and like actively um seeking that child within you and when Hmm. and when you and like look at david bowie for example like somebody who's just so liberated and so like uh like totally himself and just to be around him i bet would would like put you into that mindset it's like inspiring it's like oh i can like he can go on stage and do that i can like paint a painting even though i don't feel like i deserve to Hmm. it like gives you permission to just open up a little bit um which I think like that's freedom and that's like a life well lived rather Mm. than a life of like internal oppression. 
which sure. is i mean yeah i don't want that what 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 is like the what do you see as the goal for you and your art like five ten years from now what is what do you want that to be in your life I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm not really good at like long-term planning <laughs> necessarily. I feel like this might be a bad life philosophy, but I feel like if I sort of trust my gut and like trust the child as I move through life, I'll kind of be directed in a good way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, this could be just an excuse for like being disorganized and lazy, but um, I feel like a lot of the time goal setting for me turns into like, I have to do this. Uh, It becomes that like sort of unhealthy parent voice of Mm. like, okay, you have to get up early. You should do this. You should do that. And then it's like, well, to what end? Like, I don't know. It seems like, it seems like to set a goal feels like, mm, it's like, okay, I'll be happy when I reach the goal. Right. But I, I right. mean, maybe I have an unhealthy relationship with goals. So why don't you guys share <laughs> your goals? That's, yeah. Inspire me. That's a good question. Do you want to share? What's your, what's your five-year plan? Five, ten-year plan? I mean, it doesn't have to be like as strict as like a okay. five-year plan. See, this is what happens. I'm like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already getting disoriented <laughs> thinking about it. I just got a heat flash. I, 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 think, I think for me, like, looking ahead five ten years i can set myself these goals of like you know myself being in like a filmmaking career i want to be able to have my own piece of work made by a certain time mm-hmm. i've i've said to myself years back that oh in five years i'd like to have a feature film made i'd like to have something to me i feel i do need a goal mm-hmm. to reach and not that it's gonna provide me all of the happiness that i'm looking for but that it's a stepping stone for me to build on that, right? Um, and I know that if I don't, and actually during all of this COVID time, um, I realized that without structure, without like <laughs> that goal, I can really just lose myself. I can really just like let my time go away thinking that, oh, the child wants to play, yeah. you know? And, and this is not a knock at you, this is just at me because I'm always like, oh, well, the child wants to play this video game he's never played. Right. This, the child wants to buy this guitar and play music because he didn't get the chance to do that. Yeah. The child wants to X, Y, and Z. So I feel myself, I can get very lost in the wilderness of my own <laughs> what mind, you know? Yeah. And so those goals help. Those goals help. I'm like swimming out of the ocean and I can see a bit of a light because I've said, okay, in five years, I'm going to do that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've looked back recently, I've applied to this, this, um, it's like a a mentorship of cinematography based out of the States. And I was putting together the things that I've shot in the last couple of years and coming back from film school, which is about 2015 when I came back to Edmonton, I was blown away that I'm like, Whoa, I had put myself to a lot of projects. You know, I hadn't put up like a resume, so to speak of the things I've done. And I was just kind of surprised. I was like, holy crap, like I've done a lot. Some people don't even do any of this in their lives. And, you know, if this is my goal, I've reached some of the things that I didn't even think I would. But now it's about, yeah, what does five years look like from now? I mean, a lot of that in my mind now is like some financial liberty Mm -hmm. to be able to do these things. 
Um, but also just like the, the will and the drive to get, yeah, say a short film done, a feature done. Um, I don't know. Those are just like loose goals, but that's at least what it looks like for me. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like soothing, actually, like a soothing amount of order in the chaos. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Emily. Emily Walls. Oh, I, I agree that for myself, it's good to have some sort of goal or I'm trying to create maybe a practice where you're, mm. cre- you're, you're, you have a set time each day that you're building towards your goal, whatever that is. Um, because I'm just so inconsistent as a person. I feel I have very, maybe this is a thing with artists. So like highs and lows and yeah. different mm. energy levels. Um, but I almost feel like for myself, a proper goal cannot be created until I like figure out who I am. Right. I feel like that. I feel like that too. Actually, You know, I'm like, who am I authentically? Right. Like who is the true, who am I truly? Because I feel like I've grown up in an environment that I've constantly shut myself down from who I really am in order to avoid like a lot of shame and embarrassment. Um, and like, especially coming from like an Asian background, there's a lot of expectations. Um, goals like be a doctor, right. get yeah. married at this time. Very concrete goals. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I almost don't like those kind of goals. Mm-hmm. And right. yeah, I think my goal is to like maybe in five years recognize who I truly am, what I truly care about. And as a more superficial goal, it would be cool to photograph like some some big artists that I yeah. really admire right. or like some really cool musicians mm. um, or actors. I really like actors headshots actually. Yeah. Mm. I feel like actors are fun to shoot because they're like so expressive. Actors and musicians. Yeah. Some some musicians are a bit more challenging but most of them are very like uh, involved in their like creative image. Right. Um, mm. So those are fun. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like having that hierarchy. Of you're like okay here's like an abstract goal which is like figure out who I am, which I feel like I have that goal too. And I also do feel like I can't, I'm like, how am I supposed to make a goal in five to 10 years? Like, I don't know who I'm going to be in like two weeks. Sometimes that's how it feels, right? When you're so up and down. And like, I feel like my interests kind of are scattered as well. So sometimes it feels hard to plan, but I think it is a good idea to have concrete goals too. Like even just like, yeah, I want to photograph this person or I want to take these kinds of portraits. Um, Yeah, I think... Sometimes I think like if you're battling against that like top down kind of order, like parent voice, you can go reactionary the other way too. And you can be like, there's, I don't want, I don't need any structure. I don't need any, Mm -hmm. I just will live in chaos and I will live in just pure creativity. And that doesn't work either. You almost need that balance. Like they have to work together, even though I do like to kind of villainize that sort of judgmental voice, but maybe it has a function as well. I like you both touched on your true selves. Have you had glimpses of, oh, that's actually me mm. in anything, in, in life, in art, in creating, in, in love, and whatever? Have you felt that? You go first. Hitting <laughs> 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 hard. I feel like a good question to ask when coming to that. She's going to answer question it with a question. <laughs> is uh, when do I feel like my happiest or fullest right. self? When do I feel most 
invigorated yeah (laughs) (laughs) or like connected so with with someone i'm trying to think um when have i seen my true self i think i am for a long time i thought i wasn't very caring but i do realize i am quite caring to the point of harming myself Mm. um but it also is very nice like when you can i remember i was speaking with someone who was feeling suicidal or their mental health was really low so i was like having a conversation with them trying to just listen to why they felt that way and they were saying how um they feel like they didn't know anyone in their life who was a good influence with them this Mm -hmm. is a person who has had a, a background with you know the criminal justice system and you know constantly in their lives people have been have have uh, been involved with drugs and and their own self-harm and they don't know how to get out of this cycle and they felt like there was no place for them in this world and it's hard because i i myself am privileged like being from eh, middle class lower middle class background and not being a monster you could say we have to get rid of that too it's so harmful what like people are so judgmental about appearances oh, and, yes. and all these things. So it's it's trickier for some people to find a safe home. So I just, you know, I listened and I was like, I feel these things too. And they're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> you do? And I guess that empathetic Emily, is that me? Mm. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you, Holy. yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You like created this kind of label for yourself of like, I'm not empathetic or compassionate. And then you like proved yourself wrong. Mm-hmm. And it felt, mm. it felt good. And I think, yeah, who am I as my true self? Creative and wanting to connect. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I resonate with that. I feel like connection is a big a word for me too. I yeah, I also I mean, I don't know. I feel like like self like the idea of yourself is so, so nebulous. It's like so <laughs> egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like okay, am I my idea of myself? You are. Either way. I think either way. Yeah, you kind of are. Yeah. But then my idea of myself can change almost like on a whim. So how Mm -hmm. stable is that? I guess we could think about it as a way like, like, do you feel like you're living a lie right now? Or do you feel like, right. Hmm. Yeah. You're you're kind of going towards your path of yourself. Right. Uh, Yeah. Hmm. And yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's a good point. I feel like the way that I know if I'm being true to myself is like a body sense and less of a conceptual sense. Hmm. Like, you know, when you, you're saying something that's kind of bullshit and you can feel it in your, you can kind of feel it in your body. Like you, it almost creates this like dissonance in your body where yeah. you're just like, oh, I'm not telling the truth right now. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like that's very intuitive. It's not necessary. Like for me, at least it's not like I'm an honest person and I shouldn't be doing this. It's like, no, on a fundamental level in my body, in my cells, they're just like, don't do this. Like, this is not true to you. You're trying to show off. You're trying to make yourself small. You're just, you're not this is not being authentic in this moment so there's definitely that i don't know if you guys experience that i also get that body feeling um my chest gets yeah in the chest yeah my throat 
constructs (laughs) and people start commenting are you tired you look you look like you're worn out that's actually really interesting because maybe you're like choking off your life force they can see it well what do you think Jordan? that's deep no is it (laughs) yeah i know choking off your life force that's super deep i mean um she's talking about like (laughs) moments moments we can feel what we're doing or saying does not align with yeah. who we think our ourselves are. Is well, that right? yeah, or just like, yeah, it could be it could be who you think you are. It could also just be like when I lie, like when I say something that is untrue, whatever your conception of that is, it feels bad. And so I think yeah. I think some people will lie, and I mean, obviously, I've done this too. They'll lie and they'll be like, "It's okay, like I can lie because of X, Y, Z." But in your body, your body's like, "Uh." I don't think so. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. And you could li- you could just like ignore that and then keep living your life. And then you're sort of cramped and you don't know who you are. And you sort of corrupt your sense of what is real because you have not told yourself the truth. So <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a sense of self that I have is like my physical direct experience. I feel like that's quite stable. Whereas I feel like my thoughts and conceptions can be quite fluid and therefore they don't feel grounded and hmm. like consistent to me. Hmm. Yeah. I, I bring up the question cause I think like the hunt for self is like the work of an artist. Mm. You know, we seek to understand ourselves through all these mediums, through film and photography and in, in our place in what we're at in our place in the city and our place in art itself. Um, I know that looking at me and my experience with it, that's been exactly it. Like ever since I decided to take like cinematography more serious, it was always about looking inward. Mm. It was always about like, even if it was working with somebody else to help them realize their script or their vision, it was always about what, what of me is distilling this idea, you know? Um, Yeah. And I mean, it has always come back to my experiences Growing up without a father, growing with my mother and sister, you know, being around more maternal energy as opposed to masculine energy, not for all of my life, but for the majority of it. And what that means to me now, you know, how that forms me now. So, yeah, it's, it's funny because like when I ask the, that question of like, have you had a moment of feeling yourself and mm. knowing what that is? in my own mind like and immediately i'm like oh yeah i've had this moment i've had that moment oh i know i know who i am i'm a cinematographer that loves making beautiful things it can be as simple as that and then just as you're speaking as you're talking it's a lot more complex it's a lot more multi-layered it's like but who am i in the bigger picture who am i in the stars and in the cosmos and in and in god and infinity and in and earth and in edmonton and in this little community you know who am i when it comes to grounding myself into my own experience. And maybe that does change. Maybe that's amorphous and grows as we grow, but I feel like it's the work of the artist to do that, to find what we are ourselves. Maybe we can help others do the same, but. Mm-hmm. I think the artist is selfish. Or what do you, what is your opinion on the word wow. selfish? I also just got Ooh. triggered by that, actually. <laughs> Let's like, go. <laughs> <laughs> um i have struggled with feeling like art is a selfish endeavor and that i should quit doing art because it's 
masturbatory. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it's like nasal, uh, nasal, navel gazing. Have you heard that term before? It's like, it's just like, so it's like, you're so focused on yourself that you just become like egotistical. And yeah, I do worry about that. I think partially because I feel like I should be helping people in a more direct way. And I feel like to be an artist is to be, yeah, selfish, but I'm not advocating for this opinion. I'm not saying that you should feel like that. Sure. I just feel like I struggle with that. Sometimes I think it's because I enjoy it so much. I'm like, do I deserve to enjoy this this much when there's like people who are dying? Like, Whoa. I'm in my like cushy, I mean, it's not that nice, but my cushy apartment and nice. like, <laughs> and like making stuff and just like blissed out and happy and like in that flow state, forgetting myself. And then it's like, well, fucking George Floyd got murdered. And then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just like, who am I to be enjoying my life when there's people who like don't even have something to eat? Right people who struggle with emotional issues and so yeah i definitely struggle with that feeling but yeah it's hard to do everything um it's not easy to do everything right Mm -hmm. and i think the role of the artist which i want to aspire to is to inspire others Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you are inspiring me now through your conversation and i love like one musician i love uh at the end of one of her songs, there is a monologue and um, it's like what the, the term selfish has such a negative connotation, but I think it means like it's to be true to yourself or mm. it's to, to care for yourself. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fine balance though, for sure. Um, yeah. In your own work, do you feel like you choose things and projects because you want to be more altruistic with it like do you feel a sense of oh i gotta take these photos for these people because i've been spending so much time by myself um that's a good question i feel like i feel like design is the way that i sort of bridge the gap between feeling like art is selfish and wanting to help people because i feel Mm. like i feel like helping people means being useful in a direct way and mm. if people if people are hiring me to do a job for them then it probably means that I'm doing something useful for them so I do I do kind of like negotiate with myself that way um yeah I'm also I'm in school for psychology so I think at some point I might want to like merge art and therapy together um wow. because I I don't know who my like 50 year old self is going to be I don't know what she's going to want so it might be nice to have a little extra um option for a direction that's selfish i'm just <laughs> cool I'm just i love that you're in school for psychology it's yeah. yeah i mean it's like a long term if i get my degree in like 10 years that's fine what what uh, made you go back to school um honestly ironically based on our conversation that we just had structure i really wanted some structure because as a freelancer it can get really dicey when you're just like yeah i'm gonna wake up at 11 and then I'm gonna like play my guitar and then I'm going to like do one logo and then you know it's just like it can get or I mean or you stay up till 4 a.m trying to finish a project that you had a deadline for so I'm not very good at giving myself that structure so I thought um like I have I had some extra free time because my schedule was pretty open and I've always been really interested in psychology and I love school so yeah it just seemed like a good fit for me and Mm. it's also fun to like be around students 
because they're so they're so like hopeful about the future <laughs> yeah they're like where, really they're really striving for something where are you studying at u of a u of a yeah mm. well i was and has covid kind of yeah because now it's everything's online and i'm like i don't need to spend more time in front of my computer like i want to go part like half of the reason i want to go is to make connections and to meet people right so it doesn't really do it for me but i'm in i'm in no rush to get it done hmm. so i'll maybe take a year off or something wow There's like sweat dripping down my back right now. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, I like even your posture is amazing. I just have to note that, really? and I hope it isn't too yeah. uncomfortable sitting on the oh, bed. Oh no, I have to. Um, you can pop a pillow behind you, maybe if that makes things. Do you easier. think that's why I'm sweating? Because I'm like I'm like exerting myself you know, to sit You know what up, right? I think you need some sugar. Yeah, Ooh. I have wine. You have wine. <laughs> that's. Would you like anything okay. else? When you think sugar, what do you crave? What I would, right. you know, what I want right now is like a cold peach. <laughs> Oh. That's nice. <laughs> that is nice. Although maybe there's peach. I think we oh, might have something is. that's peach flavored. There really? is something that's peach flavored. Really? Is that I'd like do to offer you? Is it a liquid? No. Oh, is it candy? No. Oh. <laughs> I will never show you what it is. Okay. Wow, I'm surprised that. <gasps> so we have a little gift for you. Yay! So, um, donuts. Wow. Sponsored by Donut Party. Really? <laughs> yes. Are we actually? We're not, but hopefully so. Hopefully Shout soon. out to Donut Party. <laughs> Shout out yes. to Donut Party. This is a free promo for um, you. Don't say we never did nothing for you, Donut Party. <laughs> yeah, one of them is peach, right? One of them is a fuzzy peach twist. Wow. Boom. And there's there also uh, raspberry Bismarck. Yum. Fuzzy peach twist. Birthday cookie. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, birthday cookie. I love birthday cake Classic flavor. vanilla dip. And ooh, can you say... Uh, Gerardo, say this one because it's Spanish. Horchata. Oh, wow. The dirty mm. horchata. What does that mean? Dirty horchata. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that means? Bad. <laughs> no. Horchata is a seed-based drink. So How dirty would I ever guess that? Oh, I think it's a seed-based drink. And <laughs> I, really shot, I really should have thought of bringing knives and plates. Or yeah. maybe we'll eat this after. We I don't know. You Let's know what? I think she should just eat it. No. Yeah. No, I don't, don't want to. It? It's going to make my throat all sticky and weird. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> we'll, eat, we'll eat this after with okay. pistachio ice cream. We'll do a slow-mo. Okay. Let's do a slow-mo montage of us of eating, eating these. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like chomping right into the camera and the mouth noises. That's the ASMR. I meant to do this at the intro, nice. but. Uh, That's okay. Oh I like it. We'll start over. I like, I like that you just pulled it up. You sure you don't want one? Yeah, I, I'm I good. Think, I think everyone wants to watch you eat one. Yeah, all of our listeners and viewers <laughs> want to watch that. That's that's on the Patreon. That's paid for content. Very good. Yeah, See, like but it'll be headed. here free tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the end of the session, if you subscribe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can come over. And watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I ask a question to Emily? Of course. Emily, would you? Okay, I would like to know more about your childhood. And, and because I, I know a little bit about it and I know that, uh, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, like what the process is for you of like sort of wrenching yourself out of some of the, um, maybe like, I don't know, conditioning as well as like what the positive aspects were for you growing up. Like what kind of reinforcement did you get? What kind of difficulties are you still dealing with? If I know that's very personal, but I feel like that would really help me personally. That will be, um, 
you have to pay for that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And oh, also, I brought out the donuts because I heard that you danced um, when you received a donut one time. Okay, why does everybody fucking know about that? You you danced, and everyone was looking at you, and you were this radiant child dancing. Wow. With a um, donut. Yeah. When you received a donut from Donut Party. Yeah. So they are quite beautiful. And we actually have music queued up for you to dance to. Oh, really? That's not wow. danceable music at all. This is the music I danced to in the donut party warehouse. So just imagine her with a donut dancing. She has blonde hair. Yeah. The donut was in my mouth. She had a Sailor Moon suit on yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I need like a close up photo. Yeah. Of the detail. I don't even know which one that is. That's insane. I feel like it's the peach twist. You think that's a peach twist? Mm. Sounds like the move Kelsey was doing, and she didn't want to. What is your favorite color, by the way? So you don't want to answer my question. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think I haven't forgot. I've forgotten. You don't have to answer it because I know it's super personal. I will give a broad answer. Oh, I would. I would enjoy that. Yeah. But yes, I grew up as an only child, and that makes you have a lot of imaginary friends and things like that. (laughs) I was sheltered. I wasn't allowed to play with the neighborhood kids, really. So I feel like I spent a lot of time indoors. Um, My dad had art supplies, which was nice. And yeah, it was it was interesting. I I wish I had a little bit more freedom. Like when you said that you were allowed to go to a creek and come back at dusk. That sounds like such an adventure Mm -hmm. that I, I didn't have. But I'm alive, so... There's, there's that to be thankful for. Um, and yeah, I think I need structure. It's interesting. Why do so many people need structure? Mm. Like, I feel like the majority of people need structure. And I wonder why that is so. Some people can make their own structure. But like in my upbringing, I feel it was very unstructured. Mm. I didn't have a bedtime. Like I go to bed at 4 a.m. Even as a kid, I had to wake up hardly in time for school. It's often late um just such a thug even in elementary (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i have no sort of schedule in that regard uh i didn't do homework after school i just did it the night before which follows me to this day i have terrible procrastinations but a lot of people say that but i really think mine is pretty horrific (laughs) like i took a design course at the u of a i took art class and I literally did my portfolio the two days before it was due, which I think is pretty bad. Or even the right. night before it was due. Because <laughs> right. you said you were working on it for weeks. Huh? I just did it all in like 72 hours. Right. <laughs> and you attribute that to not having much structure. I don't know if that is a, if there is a connection mm-hmm. or my mind is just making the connection so I don't feel guilty. Mm. Um, and yeah, I do... It's it's interesting to think about, but I think, yeah, if you're by yourself as a kid, there's not much to do. I'm curious about yourself. Like you mentioned, you didn't give too much information on your parents or your siblings even because mm-hmm. you said you were the eldest right. of how many Yes, wasn't mentioned. So I am curious. Um, I have a sister who is 13 years younger than me. Right. So I'm not an only child, but I kind of am right. in my development. That's kind of an interesting And gap. people always have a stereotype that only children are selfish or right. they don't care. So, right. Um, and you're disproving that. I hope so. Why? <laughs> I care. And it's cool, that you ha- it's cool that you have a sister who's so much younger than you because you get to see 
like you've gotten to see like that childlike kind of action in like in mm-hmm. process her art is amazing she's an amazing artist and i hope she never loses that because it's incredible and she'll say like i'll be like whoa where did you get that design or that how do you draw this person like that and she would say i looked in your old sketchbooks and i was inspired oh wow that amazing. makes me feel really good oh my god yeah so she looks up to you e- well, sometimes. Yeah. Maybe then, as she gets older, then not she as will much. voice my mom's voice oh. and she'll be like, well, why aren't you a doctor? Yet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is, wow. that's really telling. Yeah. I, and yeah. Thank you for sharing. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I am very interested in, and actually this was in your list of questions that you sent me of like, how did your upbringing shape like who you are as a person now? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I always think about that in terms of like positive judgment and negative judgment because yeah, there's a lot of people in my life growing up who were like, don't be selfish, don't be an artist because you're going to disappoint your parents and they've worked so hard for you. And on the other hand, there was like, sometimes my parents would give me a lot of positive judgment for being an artist, like for being so creative. And then I'm like, holy shit, I really have to live up to that. So it was almost as, like it's not debilitating, but it's almost as um, influential as the criticism to have oh, someone wow. to have someone be like, you're really good at this. Like, yeah. I hope you can keep it up. Right. Wow. Forever. How many siblings do you have? I have one sibling. She's four years younger than me. Mm. She's a girl. Does she do anything artistic or creative? Not, not really. Um, she, yeah, she's like, she's more of a grounded kind of, um, like, I would say like earthy person. Like, she's very social. I would say that that's probably her art form is like, social connections and like being kind to people she's always like she's been able to like build a community wherever she goes she's the kid who like when she was like six or seven she would play with a friend all day and then as soon as the friend would leave she'd be like i'm bored Mm. like she's just such an extrovert growing up Mm. um so yeah her and i were quite different in that way but yeah is your, uh, what about your mom and dad? Are either of them extroverts, introverts? My dad's very extroverted and my mom is quite introverted. So my parents run a business together and my mom does the accounting and like the payroll. And my dad um, works on like operations and kind of like advertising stuff. So my dad's a little more um, creative and like uh, managerial. And then my mom is very, very, very organized and analytical. And like one time I was describing to my mom, like how much I love music and just like the beauty of making music and how I get lost in it. And she's like, she kind of got a little teary and she's like, that's how I feel about accounting. She's like, that's how I feel about numbers. She's like, numbers just like make sense to me and they just speak to me. Yeah. She like, that's her art form. That's what she likes to work with. Right. But I always thought of her as like analytical and like not creative, but that's not, I mean, it's not true. She just has such a different slant than I have. Yeah, it's so true. I have a friend who's exactly like that, and he was helping me break down, I can't remember what, but he pulled up a spreadsheet, put the numbers in, and he's like, this is the figure, and this is the figure, in like minutes. And it blew my mind, because this would have took me weeks to mull over and think about and stress about. Yeah. And it was just like, boom, like right there. Yeah. It's laid out. What's your choice? And I was like, uh, cool. <laughs> but you could see his beautiful mind. like. Right shift those numbers together and then you could do like calculations and extrapolations beyond that and you're right like it's such an art form but it's not what we always think about as art mm-hmm. right like numbers and this more like office style of approach right. to it but it 
Yeah, I mean, going to like a conversation about art in the bigger sense, which I had like a, a little bit of a question about. But first, I wanted to ask just like about art. Like, I I have a very big repulsion towards like the term art, kind of mm. like you do artist, because like to me, a museum with filled with art. I was in New York and I was like really sick one day and I had a meeting and it was near this museum. And I was like, if I don't go to this, I'm never going to go to it again. So I go into this museum. I'm sick as a dog and I'm walking around. I'm hating everything. <laughs> what the hell is going on? These are like beautiful Which Renaissance museum. Um, it's the one in Central Park. I don't know if it's the Met. I, I don't even remember. We hate the Met on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually love the <laughs> Met. Not at all. So, uh, yeah, like, some parts of it. Okay. Nothing. Some parts are. We're split on the Met. No, 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 my, my own colonial again, like Ooh. my own perception of it was because I was sick, you know, I just didn't oh, want to be there, but I was like, I have to, that'll do it. I have to enjoy this while, I, <laughs> while I'm here. Um, anyways. I love forcing myself to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as I was going in, you know, there's this like almost like a throng of homeless people just outside of it. They're asking for money and, you know, doing their thing. And then I go into it. I was like, why are there like rooms and cathedrals built? for art and these people are like asking for money outside of it you know and, and to me that that really delineated the difference in what i feel is art and as you're saying you know your mother makes her living through that art form of numbers and mathematics in this way that we can't conceive maybe but it's an art form nonetheless and so to me like that should be also in a museum just as much as any painting or song or whatever but how, well, yeah, like, I, I, my, my question was, was this: Do you feel like art in our modern age, twenty twenty, even here in Edmonton, Alberta, has changed from what it was in those times of like Renaissance artisans creating commissions and artwork for all this? Like, what, what is art mm. now to us, to you? Can I defer the historical part to Emily? Sure. Because <laughs> I feel like she knows more about art history than I do. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even have to be that. It could just be like, what? What is your opinion yeah, of, art. of art right now? Okay. What does it mean to you? Um, hmm. Man, that's such a broad, such a broad question. Mm-hmm. I feel like the like just the term art is, like I also struggle with it. Because, I mean, actually, I Googled the definition of art today in preparation for this. Brilliant. And that Good. did not help me at all. <laughs> it did not help me. There were so many different answers. Basically, like, the main definition of art is, uh, like, expressions of beauty, usually mm. in, like, a painting or, uh, like, a song or something. It was very, very limited. And to me, art is expression. It's exp- an expressive it's any way that you can express like your perspective and your internal experiences um, or your past experiences. So I do feel like there's kind of a, like an autobiographical nature to art, um, but not always. Um, because yeah, I consider conversation to be art. Like I've had people who are so articulate and so just like well-versed and they can think on their feet and they're just like, I'm not a creative person. And I'm like, you just crafted an entire world for me. Right. You just tra- you just said words that transported me in my mind to a new location mm-hmm. and like used description to give me an experience. And then you say that you're not creative and that you're not an artist. So I think the art is pretty broad. I don't know how it's, I mean, 
the reason I wanted to put the historical question on you, Emily, is because I don't, I don't know how it's changed. I don't know the evolution because I feel like my perspective is so just limited. Mm-hmm. Like I know how art has changed for me, um, but I don't really have my finger on the pulse of uh, how the culture has changed, even in Edmonton. Okay. But yeah, because it's so, it's so hard to know. It is hard. I honestly don't know too much about it either, especially in Edmonton. Um, I do think that the term monology of art has become more accepted as like expression because you have like these classical paintings right during the Renaissance where they had certain rules that you had to adhere to. Right. And then when there was like, I don't know who's, I don't even, I'm not too familiar. Don't quote me on this. Impressionist, post-impressionist, like modernist abstract expressionists like going against any sort of mm. art movement that went against oh. what was defined okay as art right but was pure expression right um gotcha and i even think like art is that it is expression and it doesn't have to be good whatever good means um it can just be expression. And a lot of people, I think, have the conception that art has to be good. It has to be something worthy of hanging on a wall or being in a museum. But really, the, the purity of it, I think, is just expression. And then from there, society decides, like, what is art that we mm. appreciate? Okay. Um, it doesn't make sense. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. I love, yeah, honestly, even just, like, as a general broad stroke of, like, there was more structure in the past. There were like rules that you had to follow. It's like you had to do this type of painting. And then people were like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. But I still want to make art. Like I still want to express myself. And then that kind of is, like you just summed that up so well. Like that just kind of is art history. Just like uh, a set of sort of like societal standards and then a, a reaction against that. And then maybe a reaction against that reaction over and over again. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you agree with that? I agree. <laughs> So, like, kind of bringing it to, like, our current context, yes. are memes art? Whoa. I would say. I say yes. I, yeah, I, will, yeah. I feel the same, yeah. I laugh so hard at memes. Exactly. It's such a compact form of information. Yeah. You get so much. So smart. A reference, <sighs> a tag, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's communicating something so quick, almost quicker than, like, just reading or seeing a photo. Definitely. Which, obviously, it's, like, combining both. Right. <laughs> But still, yeah. there's like there's so much information packed in a meme, and it's mm-hmm. cool because it's like a collaborative. It's almost like public art in the sense of like collaborative. Because um, like, how many times have someone has someone made a meme, and then somebody else like made a meme of that meme? Right. Like Elon Musk smoking the joint. Mm-hmm. Like he he participated in that by smoking the joint, and then somebody screenshotted it, and then right. somebody else like spread it around the internet. It's like, uh, it's yeah, it's like a collaboration between all these different people on the internet. Which is really interesting. A collaboration between minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful minds. So will we see but memes in museums one day? Whoa, probably. Historic, like... That's so weird. It brings up so many questions, though, because as an artist, too, I don't know, it's so hard, like, with social media, because there's, like, the internet famous kind of mm-hmm. thing where someone doesn't necessarily have to put hours of practice to create something, and then they can become famous. Mm-hmm. 
But then is that luck or is there some sort of hidden skill in that? I don't know. And then people who are spending like years to perfect something and to spend hours painting a really detailed painting and then someone maybe paints some woman's bum and then has them sit on that, which is still <laughs> considered art. But right. there's definitely different definitions and perspectives of it. It's hard to like take a stance. I'm so unopinionated. Does anyone have an opinion on on that like the the time that should be required oh to be considered you know an artist or right something to be considered art yeah that's a good one it's like what's the there's like a time there's an actual like amount of time they've said like right. you need to spend ten thousand hours is it ten thousand hours? i don't know it seems that sounds it seems crazy. around there i feel though, like right? matt who's the guy that did the thrift sh- the thrift store song macklemore yeah he did a song about ten thousand hours oh and it was okay. very inspirational oh nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was a stupid thing to interject with. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, like to that point, like, do we need to now spend 10,000 hours or can we just copy someone's meme and that'll be hung on a wall one day? Yeah, I mean, I guess. What, what is art in that? I think that can sphere. draw back to the conversation on maybe what your worth is and charging mm. because. Interesting you know, kind of figuring out your rate. Did you, I, I'm, I'm curious how you came to that. I know a lot of people have questions about that, mm-hmm. which, you know, you don't have to share fully because you probably did a lot of research on that. Oh yeah. I did to research today, literally on this topic to that, to make to that, um, to that decision. Yes. But I think there's a fine balance of being like, okay, I spend this much time studying this much time shooting. Mm. This is what I'm worth. Can you break that down? Nice. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can break that down. Um, okay, so recently I kind of changed my pricing because something that I've always done is I have looked at... I've always done this, but I always felt like it was a bad idea and I tried to like fight against it a little bit. Um, I looked at the person that I was quoting for and I asked myself, like, what are they getting out of this? And that is going to reflect how much I'm going to charge. But then I started to feel bad because I'm like, well, why should this like company be paying more for the same thing than like a musician? And I actually asked you about this once too, about like shooting for musicians and other artists. Um, but it, it does matter because like if I, if I take a photo for like Nike and they're going to use it in a huge campaign, I'm not going to charge the same for that photo as I'm going to charge. Like if you're like, hey, I need a new headshot. I'm not going to charge the same because mm-hmm. what kind of value are you going to get out of that headshot versus what kind of value are they going to get out of the headshot or the photo? Mm-hmm. So I try to, I mean, and I mean, this can get very complicated as well, depending on if you're like a commercial photographer versus just an artist. Like, I feel like it's easier to price as an artist because you have like your artist fee and you're doing something that usually I think doesn't uh, result in direct profit for the client. Like it can. Can you break down the artist fee? I mean, I don't know. I'm not very good with artist fees because I still, even as an artist, I, I structure my pricing as like a commercial photographer. So like, but at the same time, like, honestly, if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, I just need like a, a photo of myself. I'm a musician. I have $200. I'm going to be like, sure. Like, I'm, I'm going to just like follow my heart and be like, you know what? I'll okay. do that for you. Right. But it's my time still has to be covered. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you can, I, I price my work based on like, am I going to really love this project? That does factor in for me. Um, 
Is it going to be difficult for me to complete it? Uh, is it a good portfolio piece? Like these are things I consider. Um, well, can I? What's yes. the percentage of things you've done that yes. you feel you love? Yes. And things that you've just done for the check. Oh, I would say like, mm, I'd say like maybe thirty, like thirty, maybe thirty percent things I hated, <laughs> like okay. hated. Yeah. And then the rest, I I really liked. Seventy love. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. It's I a mean, good I percentage. I actually didn't I even want to say be. 70 because I was like, what if that's not, I was like 70 plus 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten a lot better. And I, what I do now is I charge more if I feel like, actually, no, you know what I do now is I try to make it something that I enjoy because okay. in the past, the stuff that I've done where I hated it, it was because I let the client like walk all over me and right. take control in a way that was bad for me and bad for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that triggered Emily. Yeah. <laughs> when a client comes to you and is like, I love your vision. I need your creative expertise. And then they end up just telling you everything yeah. they want oh. exactly. And oh, I could talk about this for so long. Want to talk <laughs> for hours or just not hours, but for, for an extended period of time of what they want. Yeah. So you've got to set those ex- expectations for have them. To set the expectations. Do you have, have any horror stories? Oh my this? God. You don't have to say names, but horror stories that hey. our listeners and viewers can here's a horror to. story for you <laughs> i designed a logo for a lovely woman she was a wonderful person she was very opinionated and she was a design expert in her own mind and she wanted a logo and i gave her i'll tell you my mistakes in this situation because i take responsibility for the fact that she got out of hand um she she wanted a logo and i gave her i asked her some questions about her business and I gave her some options and she came back with many, many, many revisions, including, um, I would like Comic Sans for the typeface or something similar, nice. something fun. <laughs> I'm horrified. You'd be surprised. <laughs> How many people love Comic Sans? Um, she was like, you do. This is, this is a story about how I designed Gerardo's logo. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah. She, she just, yeah, she, there was like so many things where she's like, well, I actually like the color purple. So I would like the logo to be purple or, um, like the, like the type is not big enough. So I'd like it to be bigger. So essentially she started just like kind of nitpicking everything, which I think happens pretty quickly. Mm. It can happen pretty quickly where somebody's like designing over your shoulder essentially. Mm. And instead of, um, instead of being like, I strongly advise against this and here's why. I just went along with it because I didn't want to rock the boat. And I'm and in my head I was like, well, she's paying me and I want to make her happy. The purpose of a logo is not to make the owner of the logo happy, by the way. It's to communicate a message. And that's my job to make sure she doesn't get in her own way with that. But in the very end of this process, she was like, you know what? I actually found this like clip art picture of a flower. Oh. And I'd like that to meet my logo. Oh. And I was like, sure, no problem. No problem. Yeah, just and accept it. It's the, wor- it's the worst thing I've ever made. Ooh. It's so bad. And the sad thing is that she got in touch with me actually like a few weeks ago. And she's like, hey, like I, I need to like put my logo on like shirts and trucks. And like her business has expanded like crazy. Whoa. And she's like, but my logo has like 16 colors in it. So. Ooh. <laughs> oh, jeez. So now that I know more, I was like, let me help you. Right. I'm going to be I'm going to be a bit of an asshole to you. And I'm going to like pull the expert card on you. And I'm not going to let you do things that are bad for you because my own passivity is what got in the way previously. Right. 
you know, I tried to trick myself and be like, oh, I'm just like a caring, compassionate person and I don't want to rock the boat. But actually, I was a coward and I didn't want to stand up to her. Wow. <laughs> so now I'm like, listen, this is what you need. And I also realized that if you're not willing to walk away, then you don't have any sort of sway in the interaction. Wow. If you're not going to be like, you know what, this, this is my suggestion. And if you don't want to do it, then I'm not going to be a part of it. Like, I'm not going to design you or photograph you or draw you something that I don't like. Wow. So I, I think that is going to help me in the future of like not hating the work that I do. I think it also helps you on your journey of being your true self. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's a very good point. That's a really good point. I got to chill when you said that actually. Because <laughs> it feels aligned. Your chakras are <laughs> <laughs> My chakras are on fire right now. <laughs> yes. Now to follow that. Yes. Like, what is the ideal interaction with a client yes. look like to you? It looks like... I mean, this is kind of how I structure things now. And I like I, I'm what I'm talking about specifically is like design and branding. But I think it could apply to photography as well when you're working for somebody. Um, my ideal is like, let's spend 50% of the time on discovery. And like, what do you need? Who are you? Um, it's like very psychological, which I really like. Um, who's your audience? What do you want to communicate? If it's something a little more artistic, like you're taking a portrait of somebody, it's like you can even just go super abstract with it and be like, what do you want people to feel when they look at this photo in the right. end? And then so you're taking like these very broad ideas and then I'm the one that gets to decide, okay, so you wanted you wanted people to feel safe when they looked at this. As the designer, or as the visual person, I'm going to decide what elements communicate safety. Okay. As opposed yeah. to them being like, I want people to feel safe, but I also love lime green. And yeah. I, w I would like that to be in there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, I don't know that that's going to work, but so it's, it's more like, and also I think like educating them is really important of like, Hey, here's why lime green doesn't make me feel safe. It actually makes me feel invigorated. <laughs> <laughs> so what's yeah. a safe color to you? Oh, uh, blue. Oh. I would blue. Say blue. blue. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of like, I think a lot of companies use blue because it like it kind of inspires trust. It's like mm. it's very grounding. Yeah, I would say I would say blue, but not like a bright blue. Mm. Really, like a soft blue. Like the one behind you. Yeah, I feel so safe it's with good. that color. Maybe pink too. Huh. Yeah. Beautiful. But also, you can ask people. You could be like, "Okay, I made your logo blue because you wanted to inspire safety. I'm going to show it to 20 people." And ask them what it makes them feel. And now we have like tangible evidence. Or we can make it lime green and I can show 20 people and then I can prove to you that you're wrong. Mm. Which is a little extra effort, but if you want to make something that you like, then I think it's worth it. I want to take a little sidestep here. Okay. I love that you're sharing so much about your own craft, your own approach to this, how much you're charging, you know. That's incredible for, for someone like starting out and thinking about this or whatever, you know, like an artist in general, that's invaluable. What about the technical side of things? Do you, have you invested a lot in tech, whether it's tablets or computers mm. and, and how much of that do you think was worth the investment? Mm. Um, I'm not really a techie person. I feel mm. like it's a little bit overwhelming. I like things to be really simple. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes I think you can get caught up in the tech and use it as like an excuse or like a 
distraction from making things. Like, I think, Hmm. but I do think that you need things that work for you. So, yeah, I think it's kind of trial and error. But at the same time, it's also like I use Nikon while I was in school. So now I still use Nikon. And I'm sure that I'm sure it's fine for me. I do tend to push my equipment to like its last like dying breath before I get something new, which might be a mistake. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't really think about the technical too much. I see it as a tool and as a vehicle for expression. So it doesn't necessarily interest me like in its own right. I don't know if I'm answering this question very well. No, I, I think or so. Or you can talk maybe about your 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 current setup yeah. when you're taking photographs or your editing process. Because right now, as we're speaking, I feel like I envision you as a photographer, but I'm like, dang, Kelsey's actually also a, a designer as mm. a, as a big deal. Yeah. You have a lot of, um, so maybe you can talk about your setup in regards to photography. And since tech doesn't interest you, mm. what interests you? in like photo when you're photographing mm. someone because some people really get off on the tech yeah i know, yeah. <laughs> I, know. I've, I think i've just like as we can see all around us yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's like it's doing its job which i think is important but you probably i mean I, maybe you experience this working at biz tech too like some people will come in like i've had mostly male photographers for some reason i'm not sure what the correlation is there they come in or they come to me. I don't know where they come in, but they come to me and they're just like, what, like, what? Can-? <laughs> they come in. I feel because I feel like they're invading my space. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they see that I'm using, like, I use Einstein lights, which is like, a, it's like a very cheap light. Actually, you know what it is. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and they're just like, they're like, why do you use that? Like, that's not a good light. That's not, you know what I mean? They're just like, that's not, that's not what you need. That's not what professionals use. Right. Or they're like, you need a full, like when I had a, uh, yeah like you need, a, lens, you need yeah. a full frame and it's like well it depends on what i need it for if i'm if it's doing what i need it to do then that's fine if the, if it's limiting me then that's a problem but i just feel like there's almost this like egotistical kind of like i'm a better artist than you because i um like spent five thousand dollars on my lights and yeah. i just feel like if you and i do believe that some people get to the level where they're like i can tell the difference between a pro photo and an einstein and i need that extra quality I personally am not there because I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't just, it doesn't interest me or it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Right. But it's not like I hate gear. I just feel like it's a tool and it works for me. I don't want to get caught up in it. And yeah, I like my setup when I'm photographing to be very minimal as well because um, I really just like to connect with the person that I'm shooting and the less like stuff that's in the way, the better. And also the less that my mind is on technical stuff and the more it can be on like being present with the subject. Yeah. I think that's important to me. Um, and, I, and I've thought about like getting an assistant for shoots like that too. But I even, it's interesting. I even find like having a third person in the room, especially for like an intimate portrait, really impacts the energy of it. Right. So yeah, I guess I'm very like precious with that dynamic and anything that gets in the way of that, I'll just cut it. Wow. Even if it's a light or a person, you'll just be like, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just pull the like diva photographer move. Like you get out. <laughs> You're messing with the vibe. So yeah. That's really nice. There's something very simple and, and honest in that approach. Cause yeah, it's easy. 
and to be honest with you, a lot of the camera tech industry is about that pride, is about right. upgrading every year and every half year because this is the newest thing. And mm -hmm. it's unfortunate. It impedes a lot of people because right. a lot of people can, like, I always, I always told people when they would come into the camera store, they would ask about specs and all this stuff. And I'm like, if you, I would, I would say it outright to them, like, if you can't make something solid with what you have, you're not going to make anything better with right. like a thousand dollar investment. You know, and I think there's something to be said about a limitation mm -hmm. you set on yourself and what creates of that. Yeah. Right. I love that. I love that idea so much, mm -hmm. especially with lighting, because I, I hate the finickiness of lighting. I hate like, mm -hmm. I just don't want to think about it. It's too mathematical for me. And like in school, we were really drilled about like ratios and like different modifiers. So I can do it. I can do something complicated if I have to, but I'd rather not. Mm -hmm. Like my, my setup that I like right now is just like one or two bare bulb flashes mm -hmm. and it's like a hard, it's like hard lighting. Everything's in focus. Um, but it's like, I don't have to worry about it then. And I can focus on the composition and the expression. I just want to not have to worry about it basically. Nice. Do you have a favorite go-to lens for portraits? Oh, okay. I really like my 28 right now. The wide lens. Ooh. Cause I'm really, what I'm really into right now is full body shots. I used to be very much into tight portraits yeah. with the 85. And they always tell you too, interestingly enough, like don't shoot with anything lower than 50. Right. right. Um, so it's interesting that you say 28. Why do they say that? What's the reason for that? They say the face gets just like mm. distorted, which I guess could happen maybe if you have a certain facial feature or your, your nose will look a certain way. Right. But I don't think the distortion is too crazy. I actually recently shooted... I think wide on a 20 something mm -hmm. and turned out fine. Turned out really cool. Oh yeah. But I always see like on YouTube tutorials, like portrait tutorials, it's like never shoot 50 mm right. uh, or a millimeter or whatever it's, but yeah. I mean, it depends on what you want to do. If you're, if I was going to do a mm -hmm. super tight portrait, I might not use a 28 or a 24 or wider depending on what I want, but maybe I want it to look like really janky and crazy and like right. distorted, who knows? And I've been doing a lot of environmental portraits, so I want the wide lens so that I can get a lot and so I can get the full body because that's like that's just what I'm into right now. So, and then, yeah, I feel like the limitations really create a style, which is cool mm -hmm. because I always used to like obsess over style. Like, what's my style? Like, it's so important. Mm -hmm. But then to just put those limitations on yourself, it's like you automatically have a style because you're working within these restraints. Mm -hmm. So that's a kind of a plus. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're moving on to the next subject, but I have one more question okay. about portraits. I, I wasn't. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, you said that you don't like to think too much about the tech side because you want to connect with your subject. Mm -hmm. Do you find, do you have guiding questions that you sometimes use? Ooh, uh, yes. Um, yeah. Take How do you clothes. make someone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every, every photo shoot is a nude photo shoot. That's how you get them vulnerable. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'll take off my clothes too. You take off your clothes. Right, exactly. Yeah, we'll both be naked. That'll make you feel much safer. <laughs> Jeez. Um, guy, I guess I don't. I don't have like a list of guiding questions in my mind, but my goal often is. I find when you put a camera in someone's face, you are kind of given this like special pass to be vulnerable with them and have them be vulnerable with you. Because I don't know if you've experienced this, but. A lot of the time when you're taking a portrait, the first thing that comes out is people's insecurities. Mm -hmm. They're willing to voice that. They're like, I don't like the way that I look. I think this part of my body is weird. 
I think I look old. Um, so it's like you're, it's a very, I find it to be a very sacred role at, like as a photographer because you are dealing with somebody's sense of themselves, especially in a negative way a lot of the time. And that's very delicate and very vulnerable. Wow. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I really respect that connection. And I, I feel like when I get into that space, my job is to make them feel safe and accepted and to and to like show them how I see them. Because a lot of the time I'm looking for beauty in the person. I'm looking for like the best side of them. And I'm looking for like their spirit and their, um, you know, like the core of them, like that really lovable part of the, of them and trying to bring it out. And so I'm trying to like look at them with the eyes of love, really. Mm. And wow. so I, I understand. Wait, beautiful. Is that, is that her podcast name? <laughs> <laughs> the eyes of love. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> That's actually relevant. Wow. Mm. Okay. We'll think about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll that. consider it. Um, but yeah, so I feel like it's, it's less about like guiding questions and more about like respecting that connection with them and staying present with them. And I I know that that's not like a specific thing, but it's very intuitive and sort of uh, like improvisational in the moment. And I'm sure that you've, I'm sure that you felt that sort of connection. Yeah. Like I think I've been, I have a a headshot photographer who who trained me and he has guiding questions, but at the end of the day, it's like you just go with the flow of the conversation and then those are kind of a backup thing you can have mm-hmm. um, if you're stuck or, um, you know, just just there are some questions that you can go back to, like, right. um, when was, uh, what was the last thing that made you laugh mm. or when do you feel, like, comfortable? Like, do you have any hobbies um, or, you know, things you do for fun so just really cheesy questions like that um or if they have um if they have their photos taken recently if they like so because some people like actually taking their photos so some people like i like the selfie angle so then i'll get them to sit down and then we do a kind of different angle to try to emulate that right it's not my favorite but it's an option Mm -hmm. and then also just i think yeah getting them like envisioning I think through conversation, almost distracting them yeah. so that they feel like they're not getting their photo taken. Totally. I feel like distracting is a big thing. And for myself, I think compliments work. Yeah. Like when someone compliments you. Yeah. When, like yeah. you get like, you kind of like flustered at the start. Right. You're like, oh no. But I feel like if you say it enough, yeah. like, and if you get that spark, like you get one good one where they're like, oh, you're like oh, yeah. gorgeous. And yes. then, um, then most of the time they warm up, not all the time, but I, I have found, um, usually it's nice to have some positive reinforcement oh yeah at least because i've been like i've been on the other side of the camera right. modeling right so it's it's nice when you get like a um mm-hmm, or like a yes that's good that yeah. direction is good right. versus silence which you know everyone's approach is different but almost silence can be very intimidating yes um yeah, yeah. i'm very guilty of that because i'll get out like when it's going really well i'll be really into it and i won't that's be true. saying anything and then i'll like notice like a flash of sort of worry and I'll be like, Oh, is everything okay? And they're like, am I doing okay? Right. Yes. (laughs) Something I say a lot actually is you're perfect. I'll say that, but I'll mean it. I won't be like, you're, you're perfect as in like, Oh, you're perfect. It's Mm -hmm. like, because a lot of the time people will like express their insecurities to you. Mm -hmm. And literally it's stuff that I didn't even notice. And it's like, no, like just let this sink in. You're perfect. 
okay? Mm-hmm. You're perfect. Um, I also, something that I do is I'll tell them, okay, close your eyes and just think of something like you're saying that makes you happy. And I say, forget what your face is doing. Don't control your face at all. Just like go to this place in your mind and then I'll just photograph you like that. I almost started crying right there. Really? I almost started crying. Oh, Gerardo's the first you're, one. You're a therapist. What? You're an actual <laughs> therapist. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I almost cried before, but I s- choked it down. <laughs> Why? I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. No, but that's great. Why did that, why, why did that move you, Gerardo? Um, what, what resonated with you? I mean, it just like resonated with like the work that I like to do. You know, it's like, although it's not, well, I guess, you know, when you're filming someone, it's a moving image, but it is like a portrait of a person as well. Right. So very similarly, they're expressing these things about like, oh, I hate, I hate my double chin. I hate when this happens. And you have to kind of go through a similar process of getting them to be comfortable and trust you. Mm-hmm. And w- the moments that like really resonate with me and my experience behind a camera is when you can be that person mm-hmm. to say, no, no, no looking like this makes you look brilliant trust me right and they're yeah. just like whoa and something opens up and they just see a different perspective so why like it just hit me is like yeah i i i guess sometimes i just want someone to say that about me you right know? like in life yeah you know like right. just as i am right you are perfect you're perfect Dorado. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's yes. true, though. It's like, I feel like we all want, we all want that. Yeah. We're all kind of searching for that. Right. And I, yeah. I just thought of a recent headshot I did. And um, it was for a, a therapist, actually. And Ooh. yeah, it was great. Um, she definitely came in with some self-consciousness. Really? But I was able to get her comfortable yeah. near the end. And she mm. was like, I feel really comfortable right oh. now. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, you're doing really great. And I'm like, every time you hear the click of my camera, you can try like a different move. And she was like, you know, Ooh. she was kind of moving around. Yeah. She was doing different moves. And like, oh, wow. I was like, you're really good. You could be a model. And she was like, no. And like, <laughs> you know, I guess traditionally, like in a sense, she wouldn't. She is just like, I don't know. To me, she is beautiful. Yeah, right. Right. You you, mm. you try to catch capture that that beauty even if they're maybe not a size zero or size six or they have perfect skin poreless skin um i think i was in my in that moment i was like a model in society i feel needs to be the whole term needs to be redefined it's not like Mm. this ideal model but someone who is literally just comfortable in their own skin right because that's when you're the most beautiful right when they're actually when someone is comfortable in their own skin that's like so beautiful and attractive in a person. Yeah, right? very true. Versus, sure. but we are given this idea that we have to have this ideal model look that fits an archetype of a certain look. Right. And then hmm. people become very uncomfortable. And then that's. Yeah, because they're holding themselves to this standard mm-hmm. that is like, yeah, it's it's not really achievable. But when you saw her in that moment, like when you were like, yeah, you could be a model, you like you meant that. Because you're just like, wow, like you're, you're beautiful. You're doing it. Like she impacted you in yeah, that way. Yeah, she wasn't stiff, you right. know? She was just like comfortable in her skin. Right. Mm. She's, not res- she's not restricted. I'd like mm. to ask. I I got you, Kelsey, to, to take my own headshots, which oh, yeah. I'm very thankful for because they've been like amazing to apply for a bunch of different things for, and I have them, so I love it. But what did, what did you see when you were taking photos in what we've been discussing how was i what energy was i giving you in that 
in well, that moment. It was a really, I mean, that was a really interesting day because you, you were having a really hard day that day. You had something had come up with your dad and, oh, yes, and yes. so you were like, your eyes were kind of red cause you had been crying earlier Yeah. and you were like, you kept oh, just exposed me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you, you no, asked, no, you asked yeah. the question. Yeah. Boys yeah. cry. All the time, all the time. Men and, cry too. And I mean, I find you as a person to be so um, open and so like, um, like very, very soft and like receptive and um, like willing to be vulnerable. That's something I've always really respected about you is that you're willing to be vulnerable first. Whereas I, a lot of the time, I'll be like, yeah, I'll be vulnerable if I if I see that you be vulnerable first and then yeah. I'll be willing. But you, you've always been willing, even when I hardly knew you, you're like, yep, here's me. Like just very um, welcoming in that way. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because even that day when you were having a really, really hard time, you were still, and I was so impressed by this, you were still open and vulnerable. You were like, you told me what was going on. You're like, you literally said to me, I don't want to be here right now, which mm-hmm. I fucking loved. And... You were like, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not like in a happy sort of like uplifted mood. And I was like, that's great because we're here to like capture something honest. We're here to capture you in this moment. And I don't need you to like pretend to be something different. And so, yeah, I feel like that's, yeah, I guess like that honesty and that vulnerability is what I saw that day. And yeah, um, it's not, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to like stay open when you're in pain and so i really appreciated that another part of me is thinking like some people would be like if they had a hard day they'd be like i'm bailing like, yeah i can't come to a oh, shoot I why would... did you come to the shoot Gerardo? Like... i mean i think i i'd hired her you know so <laughs> part of it is like i can't just like that's true bail i don't know I remember like walking, walking there to mm-hmm. my friend's house who I'd asked for you to shoot at. And that long walk gave me time away from just the, the, the terrible day to be like, give me a little bit of time and perspective mm-hmm. to just kind of be like, okay, yes, this is this horrible emotion and feeling I'm going through. But I have a friend who has agreed to take my photo and she's good and this will be valuable this could be a headshot for later. So some practical things started sneaking in beyond the fact that it's just like, hey, you know, like move past the emotions of this moment because, hey, there's some pretty good headshots on the other side. Right. <laughs> so I guess that's, yeah, why I right. try to go Ob- Obligation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now that brings me to a thought too mm. because you have told me about your some of your uh, film ideas mm. and one of them kind of i believe is loosely in or inspired by your your mother and kind of loosely the, the tale about her right. coming to, um like leaving her country so that's a whole topic we could talk about and mm. i'm also curious about kelsey if you found like are there any stories in your past that you feel are reflected in your work no. or does that is that a bit different with design and photography versus filmmaking, you think? I'll think about my answer while Trotto's. Oh, am I answering that? Yeah. Right. Okay. Kelsey will think about her answer. <laughs> I mean, I won't, I'll listen while you're talking, but I'll let her marinate. I'm oh, sorry. Can you just like ask it to me one more time? <laughs> so um, that's, that just brings up to the whole same question of upbringing and our roots. How, like for you, 
do you think it's very valuable as an artist to to bring your origin stories into your work do you have a pretty strong connection with that like Mm. maybe a percentage of work that you want to create that you think is based off like you know your your mother's experience your your experience versus like more maybe client-based work or Mm. but in your in your kind of goal of filmmaking do you think you'll be bringing those stories of of your past and maybe your your roots uh yeah yes i mean it's like a it has been like a growing influence on my own filmmaking that is digging into my own past and experiences trying to understand them if there are hurts and pains there or joy to see what they mean to what i want to make now and some of that does crystallize in like a solid project like the one you referenced about just my mother coming to Canada and why I'm even here in this country I feel is quite miraculous because of her journey through it so in a sense I feel indebted to share that to to it is just on a simple level the immigrant story of so many here in the city but on me it's like the reason I'm alive the reason I you know I'm sitting here with all of you the reason that I've even had the chance and the opportunity to study film and dig into it so I felt it was a bit of a indebted to that fact um and now more and more yeah I feel myself like trying not to like replicate or uh, dig into my experience and like show that on film but to understand my past and what it means to me on a very simple level and then how that articulates through my artwork right um that could be in many different forms i'm trying to think of something practical to give it a sense of um i i think the whole topic of like what we want to 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 put our energy to what we want to do we want to love what we do we don't necessarily just want to do it for the money because we have to get by and a lot of that is tied to like oh i have to do this because it is helping somebody else. It is helping someone else in my position or something similar to understand their past, their parents' past, and what that means to them now. You know, I, I see a lot of my own friends, some friends that are Hispanic in background as well, don't even have that language and have lived with their parents all their lives. And that's like one small little example of like, you know, like this cultural this heritage that should be passed on, but isn't. And I feel like me taking up that mantle in regards to filmmaking is the best way I can express that. Aside from just being like straight out practical and being like, I'm going to teach my friend Spanish and blah, blah, blah. Maybe there's this. Teach us Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But maybe there's this other way I can articulate it so that it can reach out to them. Mm. Right. Um, Yeah. That's that's kind of all I got. That makes sense. Like you're going to give them kind of a cathartic experience, like a framework so that they can understand their own experiences. Is that kind of what you're saying? A little bit. Yeah. But what's funny is that even in like, like the short film that I have made at, at, at film school, when I showed my friends, a lot of my friends aren't necessarily, some of them like films, they'll come watch movies with me. But when I show them, they're just like, Hey, that's cool. And you know, it's just like a glossing thing that they'll move Mm -hmm. past. And that, my longing to like help them understand my mother struggled and 
what that meant for them culturally and what that means for them now and mm. why they should value their experience in their life doesn't translate. And I'm like, oh, okay, am I using the right words? Am I mm-hmm. using the right tools? Am I using the right imagery? Um, right now, that's my journey. Is right. like, why even step further into film if I can't even communicate to like the ones I love? Right. Which is odd enough. But it's, I mean, it's, yeah. Those are really good questions. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. And also, I mean, sometimes I think about like planting seeds. Like sometimes mm-hmm. if people are not kind of ready to get that message or they're not receptive to it It, in that moment they might not be like yeah I get it but there's been things that people have said to me in the past or things that I've seen in the past in the moment I was like whatever it's it's whatever I don't really care about it and then like five years later I'll be like oh okay that makes sense and then that like watching that film or hearing that piece of advice kind of closes the loop for me and it does help so sometimes that instant feedback is not always the most accurate Sure, right? that's a good point. Like it might, you might be just, it might be sinking in later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. But I do love that you're approaching filmmaking from like that kind of design thinking perspective where you're like, no, I have a message I want to communicate and I'm going to try to get it across. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, we'll I s- think we'll also <laughs> it is a miracle yeah. to uh. like be here. Right. <laughs> Whoa. What do you, you know, mean? it is like it is a miracle to even be able to walk. I was reading like what Titanan Han, and he was like, "It is a miracle to walk, to yeah. like be able to exist and yeah. not be targeted, like oh. in our experience at least, like that we right. can freely oh. come to this podcast today mm. and chat without feeling like wow. we're in danger." Holy shit, that's crazy. That's true. Like the only oppression we feel is like internal oppression yeah. and not like literal oppression right. yeah we are blessed in that sense Ooh, yeah. Sure. yeah that's true but yes uh back to you kelsey oh what's up mm-hmm. about do you find like mm. i feel like i want to interview gerardo needs a whole episode oh my god yeah let's do an episode where I, I, I interview you guys <laughs> 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 i would love that i have so many questions um i feel like my uh the way that I kind of communicate my story or my familial story is more about like, um, like not to throw my parents under the bus because our parents fucked all, all of us up in their own way. And they did a really great job, I think. Mm-hmm. Not a fucking us up, but like they did a good job of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, I think a lot of the themes in my work, especially I think the more expressive mediums that I use, like music or um, writing, I think music and writing are my expressive kind of tools that I use sort of therapeutically on myself. Um, a lot of the themes that come up are things that I have battled that stem from my childhood or stem from my upbringing. Um, like a lot of themes of uh, being asked to be small and to be quiet and to be accommodating, um, to like not be too much, not to be too um, invigorating. Were you in a, re- like, do you have a religious background by any chance? No. No, um, I would say that like the the main stem of a lot of that is just like, I would say just like cultural kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. my parents, um, you know, they just had like stricter upbringings. And Not that being religious makes you feel small, no, but I have heard patterns. For sure. Friends as yeah, well. I do. Th- yeah. And I do think, um, yeah, I, it's hard to point to like something really specific, but I just think that. Yeah, that comes up a lot for me and like just trying to give myself permission to be loud and to be 
um, extravagant is something that I try to work on. So, and yeah, I know that that's not necessarily like a narrative thing. Like your, your story has such a strong narrative pull to it. Um, I think mine's a little more internalized and it is, it is familiar, familial because a lot of the stuff that our parents passed down to us, they got from their parents, like, like my dad's like cowboy father that grew up in rural Alberta, like never taught him how to express himself or let his emotions come out and breathe. So there's no way that that would get passed on to me. Mm-hmm. So there is sort of a lineage aspect, but I think it's a little more emotional for me. Do you think about that looking forward? And I mean, maybe it's too big to say kids and whatever, but is art a lineage you want to pass on? Whoa. What do you mean? Like not even just kids, but in who you inspire oh, in your work. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I, I would love to help people um, express themselves without fear or shame. I feel like that. I feel like that's a big theme for me in art. Just like you are inherently good and therefore the art that you make is inherently good and you don't need to edit it and you don't need to make it palatable for people. You just have to let it out because at your core you are good and that is the opposite of shame. So I feel like if I can help facilitate that in any way, I will. Wow. And I think you do that. I mean, like as you describe in your portraits and giving people this other perspective that they didn't even have or think that they looked like you know that that that's already huge. That's already like a lineage and uh, a legacy to look at. Thank you. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. My legacy. Kelsey's legacy. Yeah. <laughs> that's Maybe. the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say Kelsey's legacy. Kelsey's legacy. Has a ring to it, right? That'll be the name of my memoir. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I love that. Kind of a fun question, maybe if you could photograph anyone who do you want to photograph okay honestly my first thought is david bowie Mm. it really is i know that he's dead but yeah like how fun that'd be really fun no yeah yeah no yeah that's a great one okay what about hmm i was you know what else i was gonna say donald trump oh interesting interesting. try to look at donald trump through the eyes of love Yeah, yeah. isn't that like the ultimate challenge yeah like look at someone that's like deemed unlovable yeah and do it anyways exactly that'd be a good challenge Mm. yeah imagine donald trump as a little baby and his mom his mom loved him so much i remember in this psychology course (laughs) that i was taking it was like intro 104 or something like that but in the textbook in the chapter header it was this really beautiful little excerpt about like this um, this artist who never got to realize his potential and his mother put him in artistic classes and he was this beautiful painter and he was going to go to study it as he grew older. But um, life kind of got in the way and he didn't get the chance to fulfill that. And at the very end of that excerpt, you're like, wow, what a story. That'd be amazing. And it's Adolf Hitler. Right. And you're oh, like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> what the, like, did I just empathize right. for him? Did like, I, like, no, shut that off. Care for yeah. him, right? I should but, never care for him. Yeah, no. but it is. Yeah, do, should we? Should we care for that little Adolf? That's, that's that very, little Trump? That's a very philosophical question, isn't it? Very philosophical. and But everyone has like a point in their life where they choose. But there are breaking points. And we can't say that we know what anyone's going through. No. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think you have to hold people accountable to their actions. Otherwise, 
society falls apart, but you don't, it doesn't have to be a moral issue. Like it doesn't like speaking of religion that definitely stems from a religious history of like, you're bad, you're good. End of story. Fundamentally you're bad. Like who could be fundamentally bad? Or when, I don't know what, it's hard to see like, when institutions came into place, like how they twist the words of religion. Right. Because a lot of them mm. do have like... That's true. In messages of peace, there are messages of violence too. That's of true. Of course, because life is duality and everything coexists together. But yeah, like when institutions and any sort of money come into play... Right, power. Like the church, like the... I don't know what the, t- the main church is called, but... <laughs> the main church? What is the church mean, called? The, ca- the like, Roman Catholic Church? Yeah, I mean, Vatican. that would be like the Catholic The Vatican, one. yeah. <laughs> and uh, like just changing, I think, Jesus from right. like a human yes. type figure to a more divine figure who has no flaws. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like what, that kind of ties into divinity too. Like why does divinity have to be defined by being flawless? I don't know. Mm. Or is it flawless? Does it have to be flawless? Yeah. Does art? Mm. I don't know. So many questions. Man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> how are we all feeling too yeah we're at like well over two hours now okay we've done really well we've done a really, really great incredible job conversation i yeah i really i'm feeling the sweat lodge effect like <laughs> right i really feel like i'm purging my demons right now maybe that was part of it oh just being what's in, in here. this drink? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually ayahuasca oh wow so it'll you in 30 minutes <laughs> and you're not coming back we're gonna be doing this for another six hours <laughs> yeah you will defecate yourself, but it's part of the ride. No problem. I signed up for that. Good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap it up. Yeah. I Closing remarks. Unless you had any other questions or anything you wanted to throw out before. I just, Kelsey. I, yes. Mm-hmm. As feedback for our first podcast, mm-hmm. these noobs. Well, you're not a noob. You're actually could be a professional podcast speaker. Oh, you, you got the, the rhythm to, to become <laughs> one. Uh, to be one you are one <laughs> and if you keep your chin up you're gonna do it you're gonna get there kid <laughs> yes any questions that you wish we asked oh Ooh, that's a good one honestly no honestly mm. no i've i feel like how's your sex life i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just bang, kidding it's, it's off the <laughs> fucking chain um no i honestly feel like all i f- what i really liked about this is that all the loops feel like they're closed you know, mm. I don't feel like anything was sort of left dangling. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I admire and respect you guys as artists. Do you wish there were some questions we didn't ask? Hmm. Um, mm, no, I don't think so. I Like I do wonder about like pricing stuff for me personally. Like I wonder how helpful that is for people. I do mm. actually, I do know that it is helpful. Um, right. So yeah, I think like, yeah, it's good to be put out of my comfort zone a little bit with that. And just so people are aware, like you can't just take whatever price she said right. and apply it to yourself. Yeah, she's really good and she was well, worthy of what she's charging. So keep in mind that there's a lot of skill and training and fail, error, yeah. trial and error that's behind that. That's right? true. I think you had a question, Gerardo. It was it was more well phrased. Like, what is your relationship between creativity and finances? Mm. Right. Which yeah, that I might be a good one to go into is yeah it's a struggle yeah because it's like how do you balance creativity and living without starving and 
And even living be so that you can hang out with friends because it takes money sometimes to hang out with friends. That's true. Right, yeah. The best advice Not that anybody the time, best advice anybody ever gave me when I was starting out with my pricing is take what you think that you're worth and then double it. Oh wow. Straight up. Nice. And cuz I was charging like $100 at the time. Like so, a session? Uh I don't I don't know. Like just mm. solo, like basically okay. nothing. Like, yeah. I'll, like I'll do it for free. Yeah. Right. Also, right. here's another thing I can say about money. I love that this is what I didn't want to talk about, and now I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. it more. But I'm actually excited to say this. Um, you can people can always afford to give you something for your work, even right. if it's like, like just never work for free. Period. Even if it's for a friend, even if it's especially if it's for a family member. Holy shit. Um, oh, trigger. It's. I mean, I feel like we've all been there. The family mm. member that wants you to work for free. Or the friend that wants you to work for free. Mm. Sure. They yeah. don't know. Like, Friends are like, what's your rate? And they're like, never mind. <laughs> you can't right. afford me. You can't afford me. <laughs> Even if it's $50, just so that they're invested. You're right. Because right. the people the people who have been the most difficult for me to work with are the ones that I worked for free for. Wow. Because there's no, there's no investment from them. There's no commitment. Mm -hmm. So just give it a try. Cool. Not for you guys, but like... You know, for the hundreds yeah. of listeners out there. Hundreds of listeners. Yeah. Millions. Throngs. Three throngs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to wrap it up on logistical things. Okay. No, I, I kind of wanted, I kind of actually wanted to create a little bit of an opportunity for yourself, Kelsey. Um, this is probably something I should have run past you, but I was thinking like, what an interesting opportunity mm -hmm. to create collaboration. So first off, are you open and willing to that? That is to anyone else out there, we could say, hey, you, this is where we can find you. This oh. is my work. If you're interested in any way, not just to like hire me, but to collaborate in any sense. Yeah. Would you of course. be interested in Of that? course. Cool. So where can people find you um, on the interwebs? Here's my, here's my home address. <laughs> here's my phone number. Um, I would say my website is kelsey-mcmillan.com. We'll put that somewhere. Yeah. Right and you know what? Everything there else is. branches out from there. So that's all you really need cool oh i have one more question too yeah. yeah what how did you come up with your instagram name north of nearby oh i saw that on your list interesting too. i nice. came up with it when i was 17 years old and i thought it sounded cool it does thank you it does it's like it's north of somewhere you know right. i think I like it's a, a little mysterious it's exactly i like how whimsical it is yeah it's like do you really know where you are Ooh. <laughs> yeah and on that note, <laughs> do we really know? Do we, we really are? know? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Did you have anything? Well, I think we have to film ourselves eating donuts. That's oh, we might okay. as well, yeah. Let's have a donut party. Let me. I just wanted to, like, yes. lastly just say, is there anything you wanted to share, anything you wanted to say about anything really, art, yourself, what you have coming up? Um, um, yeah, the floor is open for you. Got so many questions. I know we uh, suck. That's but okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. The conversation goes where it goes. It goes we where can it goes. have a second one with her down that's the road. True. That's two, true. Part two. Part two. Part. I hope there's. My closing remark is that I hope there's a part two. And okay. I'm really excited for the future of this podcast, whatever its name may be. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, what was the one we ran into? It was like. <laughs> loving through through loving eyes oh something like that the, the eyes, eyes of, of love. love whoa <laughs> i'm in love with that now i'm in love with that the now eyes of love. okay okay and on that note thank you everybody for joining and tuning in we'll catch you next time on episode two bye 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 i didn't look <laughs> in the camera one time <laughs>